0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the fast break podcast. I am Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer. Hey, guys. And alongside him is Dave Oster. How's it going? And we got one day off or one week off. I'm sorry. We got one week off of no Chad Ford mock draft. And now he finally put one out before the week of the NBA draft. He Just put out his 9.0 and we're going to be going in depth into his mock draft. We're going one to 30 and beyond. We're going to be covering all of his mock draft in the first half of this podcast. But first... If you are listening to this podcast and you haven't checked out our 2K subs, you know, thank you video, we do want to say thank you so much for subscribing. If you are subscribed to our channel, if not, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Most Valuable Podcast. We want to thank you for getting us to 2000 so quickly. I think it only took two months and it was fantastic and we're doing something kind of special for 2K. We're doing a roast of me. We're doing a roast of Sean Anderson. So if you do want to roast uh, on on your favorite uh, Fast Break host, you can go over there. Some bold claims there. I'm the only Fast Break host. Yeah Yeah Right now you are Ricky was the OG That's true
1: And speaking of me he Let him f- know Let him know who's at 5,000 That's is at,
0: really important Ricky's at 5,000 The easiest target So we're, <laughs> so we're gonna well, have Ricky
1: The target I think everybody wants Look we like, yeah, all know wanna the, talk
0: shit to us Yeah and the easiest target So if you do wanna go yep. check that out Go to our YouTube channel Well it's and, cause uh, I'm
1: so big man
0: yeah. It's kinda hard to miss a big target. Exactly And uh, if you do want to check out our roast video, go over to our uh, YouTube channel, check out the 2K subscriber video, and you can comment in the comments, or you can uh, send us tweets at MostValuePod, or you can send tweets to me at Schwarbo. But anyways, let's get into this Chad Ford mock draft reaction, because that's what you guys are here and ready for, and we're going to start off with the Los Angeles Lakers. And Chad Ford has put out a question, and there's been a lot of talk, though, just should the... Lakers pass on Brandon Ingram. I want to throw this out to you guys. There's talks of maybe they want to go Chris Dunn or Jalen Brown over Brandon Ingram. Would that be a mistake? Uh, I absolutely believe it would be a mistake. I think there's
2: zero chance that Brandon uh, Brandon Ingram is gonna bump like he he. I don't see the washout. I don't see any chance of failure. And that's a bold thing to say because. I know there's always a bust in the draft. There's always a top five bust. There's usually more than one bust in the top (laughs) ten. So it's a bold claim, but I think Brandon Ingram is as sure of a shot as you're going to get for someone with potential as high as him. Ben Simmons has a higher bust rate because you're expecting him to be a much broader, like where he excels at is very broad. He, he, He hits multiple points, you know, whether it's scoring, passing, rebounding, his court vision. There's a lot going on there. Brandon Ingram is a pure scorer. So when you think about that, if you got it, you've got it and I think that Brandon Ingram can come in the NBA and make that
0: difference day one. Cuz that, that was one thing that was kind of the downfall of Michael Beasley cuz he could do everything. So there was no like flaw to his game or so we thought. And the thing was he just kind of just didn't hit on any of those points. Right. So that was the thing. So you could obviously see the the downfall of Ben Simmons, but go ahead. Richard.
1: Well, the one thing I look at is first off on his mock draft Chad Ford says that the Lakers are flirting between Um, Chris and Jalen Brown. like Those are the two main choices other than Brandon Ingram. And I look, just based off of their player profile, I kind of dismiss Chris right away because I think to myself, you already have a guy in Julius Randle unless you're going to play Chris at the 5 and Randle at the 4, or you're going to draft Chris just to be a bench guy behind Randle. So to me, I, not being the Laker fan, I look and go, okay, I want to look between Brown and Ingram, and you guys know my opinion on Jalen Brown. I think he could be the bust of this draft. I'm not high on him. I think he should have went back to college to work on his game. And yes, to some of the commenters, I do know that college isn't just you go and play basketball. You got to go to class and actually do other things. But the thing I look at and why I think Brandon Ingram is the better fit for the Lakers is with Brandon Ingram, what's one thing that they list as a positive? He's an excellent passer. Who's coming in as their head coach? Luke Walton. What's the one thing the Warriors, why they're so good? Excellent passing. I thought it was shooting, but that's just well, shooting, shooting helps and, too. and, and Brian have you Nagle seen shoot. in their wins in the finals, their passes were pinpoint. And that is one thing that Luke Walton, the system that he may be bringing in from Golden State, the system that's kind of sweeping the NBA that is what you would want on your team
0: I do want to throw one thing about Chris though and we'll talk about this probably later as Chad Ford said that people are saying that he might be able to play the three too so maybe you know his position will actually be at small forward so then you'll have room for Julius Randle. but you know talking about Brandon Ingram I mean I, I think I agree with you David saying that this guy is you know the most nba ready prospect the guy that's going to contribute right away and the guy in brandon ingram is so hard to pass up and the only reason you're passing up on him is because ben simmons is basically a force freaking nature i yeah. mean this kid is you know possibly the next lebron james where brandon ingram you're going to get a guy who can put up 20 and 20 every season i mean brandon ingram is going to be a great scorer whether he's you know coming off the bench or what you know if he doesn't hit that ceiling he's coming off the bench and being a great scorer there he's going to be able to make his shots he's going to be able to create his shots i mean he can do that in college with ease. He's going to be able to do that in the NBA. And the thing with you know Ben Simmons, obviously, you know the, his style of play too. If his body can't hold up, I mean, he's ve- he's re- relies on his agility and his speed. Absolutely. If, if that can't hold up, then you know that's going to fall down. But if you know if you're looking at Brandon Ingram, you know you don't really need speed to make your shots. I mean, he, he can he can rely on his shooting. He's got length to too, get him by, which yes. is
2: which is a huge advantage. That you know his his length, his height pays such dividends. And then when we go back to Ben Simmons, you know, you get the comparisons between somewhere between LeBron and Giannis. And you're like, OK, well, we, we've we seen what both can do. And I mean, I think we're all favoring you should. He, ben Simmons needs to bulk up a little bit and he needs to improve his physicality because that's the route that has lent, lent LeBron the most success. Mm-hmm. You know, in his early years, he would always hesitate. He would always take that outside shot, and we're seeing you know that comparison straight away with Ben Simmons. With his outside shot isn't polished yet; it's not reliable enough. So what he needs to do is get the weight on, and then he can go down to the paint. He can drive, and you know, at that point, you get unstoppable LeBron, which is just disgusting. And I think that's the best way for Ben Simmons to you know go forward as a pro. And I have that question: I don't know if he's going to. I don't know Ben Simmons enough because. He is a young guy. He's coming out of LSU where he didn't show off a lot. He was kind of a more, um, you know, I don't want to say a quieter guy, but he was. He didn't he didn't mm-hmm. have as much flashiness to him. So the big question is, you know, which way is he going to go when he goes pro? And then how is it going to work with his system? And I'm sorry, uh, him on the 76ers, Brandon Ingram on the Lakers— I'll take Ingram on the Lakers all day. Well, I mean,
1: Ben Simmons, the team he really wants to go to is the Lakers. Well, yeah, he made that very clear. the team he really wants
2: to go to. (laughs) By not showing up to uh, any workouts.
1: The one thing I I think of just to get a little bit back into Brandon Ingram and why, if I'm the Lakers, I go ahead and pick him just to kind of harp a little bit more on, the system that could become, because yeah. we, we don't know exactly what Luke Walton's gonna right. do. going no, to do. There's
2: nothing in set yeah, in stone yet. Is
1: he going to do a carbon copy bringing that offense and that style from Oakland over to the Staples Center? And the way I think about it is, if he does, Ingram would be the guy, because Ingram is 6'10", 196, based off of the ESPN draft profile that I'm looking at. And we've compared him to Kevin Durant, and that's great. That's a great comparison. It's kind of like what we said about Ben Simmons, and you've said in your mock draft, Sean, if you compared him to LeBron, you can't pass up on that potential. But the way I look at Brandon Ingram is he could be to the Lakers— what Clay Thompson is to this Warrior team, except he's
2: taller. See so, so calling D'Angelo uh D'Angelo could be it's I mean, not an exact, uh, exact kind of comparison. I, I'm but sure, he, I'm sure he's D'Angelo a great likes shooter the idea of bringing in
1: Luke. See, but Clay, he's a great shooter who passes and if Brandon Ingram can come in and be an elite defender, I mean we're talking about Clay is you put him on any other team and he's the best two guard on that team. See, the best player on that team.
0: See, but mm. but with Clay, I mean mm. he's he's the second best shooter in the NBA. I don't see you know brandon ingram being being a top shooter i see oh, I'm him being just a saying top saying he could be
1: the same thing to the lakers that clay is to golden state i think that's a he, bit he of he needs to work
2: but... on his defense quite a bit to get to that point but, yeah but it, it would give him a very nice setup um i think d'angelo russell would absolutely love the idea of this crazy um luke walton offense that the warriors have been running mm-hmm. and honestly it, it's got a ton of upside for him and uh if you put in like you said ingram next to him that's a scary one to punch uh, on offense, so I, I like that, and I think the big question is like, okay, if they want to go with Chris for the upside or Jalen Brown for upside, I can see that, but at the same time, it feels like taking a step back, because like you said, the fit isn't quite there. If you put him at the three, he's oversized for the three, does he have the agility to keep up with everybody else? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, have the, I mean, he's an athletic freak, which is what we've been, oh my god, that's mm-hmm. like why you would go, but... His game isn't developed yet. And at that point, you're putting him in undeveloped game against pros who are just going to absolutely punish you for that. So, but if we're that talking... that un- be the best like setup.
1: The, the thing I just think of, if we're going to talk about undeveloped games, mm-hmm. then why the hell isn't Body Heal the number one pick? Because he's the senior coming out. Because it's a out. mix of undeveloped. In the NBA, it's not like the NFL or where yeah. you're getting this guy and it's like, okay, we don't have to work too much with him. He's ready to step in. Some of these players come out 18, 19. That you means- have to develop them. And the one thing I also think of is for the Lakers, you got to think where you're playing. You're playing in L.A. If you want to take a stab on a guy like Chris, who to me the one thing that I kind of look out and jumps out to me is how raw offensively he is and how much work you're going to need. If you bring him into an L.A. fan base, is that town, is that city going to want a project? Or are they going to want a guy where it's like he can help us contribute this year and then next year he makes his big step?
0: Let me throw this question out there. If you, if the Lakers, you know, let's say 76ers take Ben Simmons, which we think they'll do, and the Lakers say that we're not taking Brandon Ingram, what prospect would you take to put on the Lakers if you're the Lakers at number two? And this is, you know, I'm saying Brandon Ingram, because I think we would all say if Ben Simmons is off the board, we're taking Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram no matter what. Let's say that the Lakers do not want to take Brandon Ingram, something about him is throwing them off. What prospect would you say this is a great fit for the Lakers? This guy is going to develop into a star. And this guy will help them win possible championships or at least make them a playoff threat down the line. What 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 prospect would you throw out there for the Lakers?
2: Honest answer. There's no fantastic fit. You'd have to go all the way down to a buddy healed. I'd say buddy or, or Jamal. playing Jamal. Yeah, I'd say
1: buddy or Jamal. You I mean... want
2: you want a two guard in there because mm-hmm. honestly, they they've got a lot of hope down low with Randall then the, you're not going to go for a center at this point because that's a huge reach. There's yeah, so much talent like between a, them. You're not
1: going to even take a, like, um, and, and Sabonis, who's at 9 on Chad four. Exactly.
2: Even playing Sabonis as an undersized 5, mm-hmm. which which is a definite option today. Hey, we, saw, we
1: saw him play in the 5, but right. that was college.
2: And, and, and that's, that's a good option. But, again, there's so much talent up top. But, okay, if you're going to put your marbles on having Randall at the 4 and... Russell at you know, the one of the two, mm-hmm. then your option is okay, so we need a great three. Well, we've looked at this and we've talked about the bust potential of Jalen Brown and putting a Marquise Chris in there who has that unpolished game. There's a lot there there's no perfect fit at that point.
1: Well, and the thing is if there's no perfect fit, let's say Ingram is not the guy and you're like, you know, what? we're not gonna take him. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, Brown and Chris don't really fit in. One option we haven't talked about, and we don't have to go super in depth, I'm just throwing it out there. What if they trade the pick or shop the pick because there's no one there that they want to say, hey, this is a guy we feel confident well,
0: in? Real quick, I don't think Brown does not fit in there because, I mean, you need a three. He's an athletic, you know, three yeah, there. I'm just but saying if like, you're not
1: confident to pull the
2: trigger on that guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I, just but, the concerns flying around him in our group, mm-hmm. not necessarily among everyone, but it, it's that thought that, hey, maybe somebody wants to come up and get Brandon Ingram. Maybe they'll offer you something worth it. The Celtics. Who knows? Uh, but then, Been floating would, that out there for how many so, weeks?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Celtics are a, a prime you know person team for trade for. And I, let's just let's just go into our second topic of you know what will the Celtics do at three? Because you're saying mm-hmm. they can possibly trade it to go get Brandon Ingram. There's a lot of talks. Maybe possibly Jimmy Butler is going to be traded there because I think there's a package deal out there for the third Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and I think a, a, a couple other players going to the Bulls for Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love, Kevin Love. I mean, there's there's a lot of options out here. What do you think the Celtics should do? Do you think They should try to trade up to get a Brandon Ingram if the the Lakers aren't set on this guy. They
1: should trade all day every day because the one thing I feel with Boston, they're in this kind of, they're in this weird kind of spot where it's like we've got the talent to be competitive in the East, but we don't have the necessarily the talent to take on the Cavs or maybe take on even a a superstar. That's where you're not going to find that player in the draft that's going to boom year one, right? Just bring you up, mm-hmm. ascend you up to that level. That's why it's like, fuck it, we got these picks from the Nets. Let's use them and make Brooklyn hate this draft. <laughs> Let them hate the trade that they ever took the big three away from us.
0: See, with when I look at this, the Celtics team. I mean, you know, the, the Chad Ford mocked Jalen Brown going to the Celtics. Here, he used to have J- Jamal Murray, and now there's a lot of questions about Jamal Murray's athleticism and his possible like not being able to be Mm -hmm. like an okay defender at at worst. Like there's a lot of talks about his possible woes defensively. But if you look at Jalen Brown, I mean, the thing is, is I think what Chad Ford's trying to make is selecting Jalen Brown there is if they can't find a superstar to trade for, draft a guy with who you think has the most potential to turn into that superstar down the road. And
1: I will say, if there's anybody in the NBA that I think could, and I've made my opinions about Brown known, if there's anybody in the NBA that could work with him as a head coaching standpoint, it's Brad Stevens.
2: Yeah, yeah. Brad Stevens has an excellent touch when it comes to bringing up uh, young talent and getting them NBA-ready and even growing them further than you know a lot of teams think they could get. So I
1: mean, look at Isaiah Thomas. He was one man's trash, and now he's Boston's treasure.
0: I, Isaiah uh, wasn't bad yeah. before
1: that. Yeah, but Phoenix was openly Isaiah, to getting rid
2: of him, and now he's the treasure of Boston. That's just because
0: Phoenix was— Dumpster fire. Yeah, Phoenix was dumpster they, fire. They don't know what they're GM. doing, so— yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I that's look at, more on them. But I mean, it was a great steal yeah. by the Celtics to get him. Yeah, no I one's going to argue
0: that. W- when I look at Jalen Brown going to the Celtics, I, I think I like the fit because you need a three, yep. and it's going to bring a lot of athleticism to this team. But then that's going to kind of put out Jay, push out Drake J Crowder out of the starting lineup. And that's a guy who is really valuable for you this whole season. And maybe you don't put you know Brown in right away because you know you're still a playoff team. You don't want to throw in mm-hmm. a rookie right away. Right. I think the best option would be to trade for him. And we we, we went over the Kevin Love stuff. But then, then again, I'm kind of questioning. I mean. Does Cleveland value Kevin Love at the number three overall pick, and would they even want the number three overall pick? And then there's trade talks of you know possibly throwing Carmelo into this, and Carmelo going to Cleveland, and Caleb going to Boston, and Boston, Boston sending the number three pick to the Knicks. Literally, just take a dart throw to the board of team names and <laughs> basically call it a trade. Yeah, it's kind of like the Kevin Durant thing. We're making 28 yeah. other videos about where why uh, Kevin yeah. Durant will be the perfect fit. I mean, it, it's hard to see what the Celtics would do. I mean, that's going to make for a really interesting draft because I mean, once the number two pick passes and there's not a trade, we're going to be like, all right. What's happening? What's going on? What's going on? And uh, you know, if we, we'll probably be looking three days before the draft. We'll be looking on Monday. Mm-hmm. Then you know, trade talks will start to get serious. But I look at guys like Jimmy Butler, and I don't. I feel like they're just not going to be traded. Like in my gut, I feel like either the Bulls are going to panic and trade, you know, undervalue Butler and get rid of him, or they're just going to hold on to him because they know what Jimmy Butler is. So I feel like it's either going to be a bad trade for the Bulls and not getting a, you know the right amount of value, whether he's going mm-hmm. to Minnesota or Boston, right. or you know. The Bulls just holding on to him, so it's it's hard to say that the Celtics are going to acquire a guy like Jimmy Butler. You know, with K Love, you know, I feel like the Cavs really overvalue him or still want to you know hold on to him just because of you know the the, the part of ushering the new LeBron era in, and that was kind of ushering the new era and especially if they won to finals. I mean, that's going to be different there because then there's not going to be a really a blame to put anyone because he won the finals. Yeah, so, but I still think that I mean, he's, he's he's a he a doesn't fit. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. Well, yeah. he doesn't
1: in there. But I mean, with the Celtics. To me, trading the pick should be the number one kind of concern because—well, not really a concern because you're a good team sitting at a prime spot where a bad team would sit, Yeah, a.k.a. the Nets. You don't get
2: this opportunity very often.
1: But if you are going to pick a guy, I have to disagree with Chad Ford. Jalen Brown, to me, isn't the guy—I don't know why he switched from— Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray it's is the, the guy
0: at number questions. three. It's the decent, it, yeah. I think it's because Jalen Brown does have so much athleticism to him. And so that means he has a higher ceiling, which means, you know, working with a, a coach like Brad Stevens team will is, help him develop that superstar potential.
1: This team is, it's kind of asked the question of how long do you think it's going to take Jalen Brown yeah. to get there? Because yeah. this is a team, like I said, they are in the hunt, and I'm not going to say, "Oh, they draft this one guy and they can take on the Cavaliers." This, but yeah. the window, we've seen it in Chicago. That trade, that kind of title window, can slam on your fingers as quickly as I uh,
2: slam on my knee. But you know, big deal, whatever. <laughs> oh. see,
0: I, <laughs> see with like Jalen Brown, I agree that he won't he won't be a, an instant producer for you, and you know, but maybe with 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 a team like Boston. With Isaiah, his, when his contract runs up, you know you might not be able to resign him because he'll probably you know, want a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to establish that same core, but if you establish a guy like Jalen Brown right away, and if he's not able to develop right away, you're still going to be a playoff team in Boston. And then once those guys that, that current era gets ushered out because of contracts and all this stuff, then you could bring in a guy like Jalen Brown and build your team around him. So, I mean, if they keep the pick, I, w- I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't bash the Celtics for picking Jalen Brown because of his potential. But then again, it's not the best pick. I think Jamal Murray is easily the third best prospect. I think he should be taken number three just because of his age. And if you're working with a guy like uh, Brad Stevens, I'm going to say this, in my, my next mock draft that's coming out, Uh, you know, with working with a guy like Brad Stevens, he'll be able to teach you, you know, defensive positioning. And if you're on a team like Boston, you're going to be able to hide your defensive flaws around that team just because they are so good defensively. So I look at a guy like Jamal Murray, and if he's not able to develop his p- defensive game so greatly, I mean, look at JJ Redick. J- JJ Redick has not been ever like super exposed. Because of the Clippers' just defense in general, I mean the defense. The Clippers play great defense, but right. JJ Reddick's terrible on defense. So I mean, guys like JJ Reddick, you can cover their defensive flaws with great defenders around them, and, and the Celtics do have that. I, I think I think Jamal Murray would be the best pick here, just because of his potential and just because of his shooting. I, I think Jamal Murray is easily the best pick here. So if they keep it, I say go Jamal Murray. But I think everyone agrees that they should trade this pick.
2: Uh, I'm with you on that. I think trade would be number one option for them if they're in a win now mode. Um, otherwise. it's a luxury look like you said they're they're in the playoff hunt already they're up there they're a top four team in the east and at this point it's pure luxury okay well like you said if we pick up uh jalen brown well he he's not gonna start for us day one because we've already got talent in that spot Mm -hmm. but at the same time look if this is a guy with a potential that is at the top of the charts you know star potential why not let him grow into that position over time he can do that behind there. He can do that coming off the bench. It's not a huge pressure on him. It's an easier environment for him to learn on. And at the same time, I I, I do want to agree with you about Jamal Murray because I think that's a better fit even. Mm-hmm.
0: And you still have coverage. You're still not you know under the gun time-wise. And one thing with Jamal Murray, I mean, if you, if you do put him in that second lineup, you could have still Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley out there in the first row, and then you can go with Marcus Smart, who's a great defender, Exactly. and, and then you, you can have, have Jamal that, Murray You have that
2: offensive-defensive pairing for both your 1s and your 2s. I think it's genius. Or to
1: piggyback off of what we talked about to start the podcast, maybe do they have to trade for a veteran, or can the Celtics go... You know, fuck it. We want Brandon Ingram. Let's make a package that the main goal is to get the number two pick to get Ingram.
0: I think it could happen, but you're obviously going to need to throw in more Nets picks and stuff. I think I think it's going to the take a lot to the, get that the three to and move the sixteen
1: up. would be the core. Yeah, I think that you, would be the core of that trade.
0: I think you would need help though to jump up from Definitely. three to two
1: because I think the one that I know Chad Ford came out with an article and this one's this one's crazy because Russell and Randall would go over to the Celtics, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw in the 3 and the 16, and then players like um, Jarepko, Hunter, and Mickey.
0: Yeah, for D'Angelo Russell and uh, Julius Julius Randle.
1: But for the 2, maybe you can get away with, okay, maybe the 3, the 16, and then next year's Brooklyn Nets pick.
0: On draft day, do they keep it or trade it? Trade it. I'm thinking they're going to keep it. They're going to go with Murray. I say they're going to keep it, too. I I feel like there's not going to be a deal done. Or they're going to draft someone who a team likes, and then they're going to make a trade beyond that. Yeah, I think, pull I think somebody hostage. Yeah, I think they're they might draft for a team and then just trade those prospects after the fact. I think I, I don't think they're going to get a, a, a trade done before draft day or on draft day. Boston, now Boston's getting a
1: superstar. Boston, that's what I was going to say
0: Boston. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think some way or another they're going to get a superstar. Maybe it's KD. Maybe we'll make a, a, a video on KD going to Boston. Absolutely, <laughs> next video up. <laughs> Anyways, at number three, there used to be this guy named Dragon Mender. Now Dragon. Has fallen all the way. I was, waiting, I was
1: waiting for it. I'm like in my head. I'm like, am I going to have to tell Dave that you didn't say it? <laughs> He's, I'm waiting for it.
0: Dragon Bender has now fallen all the way down to number seven at the Denver Nuggets. Why do you think Dragon Bender has fallen so much, or do you think he will even fall that much? Do you think he'll? This is just Chad Ford playing to best fits for teams above them. Do you think Dragon Bender should be going higher? Where do you think Dragon Bender will go? Look. I think the
2: big scare here is it's watching him play against not NBA talent, not
0: future NBA talent even. Let me throw one thing out, though. We covered covered this in our last mock draft reaction, and people are shitting on us for saying Dragon Mentor's not a good shooter. He's shooting 40% in the Euro League. You guys are stupid. Oh, my God. uh, We're getting so much trash, but anyways, go on.
2: No, 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 and that's fair. I'm just saying it, it comes down to how comfortable these GMs, these coaches are. With a player who's coming over from Euroleague, and the the big concern is okay, well, his shooting we've seen it; it's it's good. I'll give you people credit, good, but it, it's not you know as what people hyped him up to. Be. Yes, he's still young. Yes, he still has that potential. But at the same time, you look at somebody comparable, or in the, I shouldn't say comparable, somebody in the same draft range who like Marquise Chris, who gives you a better athletic upside. He may not you know be as good of a shooter, but they're close enough that I'll take that athletic upside over the
0: very slight differential when it comes to shooting percentage. I, I 100% agree with the, the athleticism and better shooting. You know, I'm not saying Chris is a better shooter, but with his shooting coming along, that makes him a better prospect. Right. what we're saying. Is Dragon Bender probably the better shooter right now? Yes, but can Marquise Chris develop into a good shooter? That's what we were trying to say Say in our last mock draft reaction. The, the I think that is, was the kind Dragon of Dragon Dragon Bender's jumbled.
2: not going to get more athletic magically.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mark Chris Chris has that, and he, he already has the defensive abilities. That's the reason why Chris—but where do you think Dragon Bender will go? I mean, that's the essential question. Will he fall all the way to seven? Do you think the, the Nuggets are getting a gift, or do you think they're kind of getting cursed?
1: I, I don't think so. And the way I'm looking at it is I'm going to use Chad as the basis. So let's mm-hmm. say Suns take Chris— And let's say the Timberwolves keep the five. They take Dunn. It all comes down to that Pelicans pick because they can go, well, shit, we wanted Dunn. We really wanted Chris Dunn. Where do we go? Well, they could take a guy like Jamal Murray and say, well, you know what? We'll have him play the point, but he could also play the two. However, the Pelicans could be a place where, hey, we just got rid of Ryan Anderson. Let's bring in a guy who could be a stretch four for us. Bring on Dragon Bender!
0: You don't exactly need Murray to play the one. You have Drew Holiday, so you can. Still I'm play saying the he one.
1: could, though. Yeah, yeah he could yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. what it gives you really the want. Yeah,
0: so I, I like I like the Pelicans fit, 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 pick and kind of having twin towers that are with Davis and Bender. But yeah. then again, if Jamal Murray's falling that low, I feel like someone's going to trade up and get him. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I, I think I someone I would will want him on that.
2: But so there's there's definitely a group of teams who are interested in gaining someone uh that has that kind of scoring potential and he could just light it up like that i mean there there are at least 5 that i know of who've talked about jamal murray
0: yeah i mean it, it's ridiculous if he falls that much i mean Looking at Bender, I mean, there's a lot of things. Like I, I, I say this in my mock draft every time. I mean, there's a love hate relationship with him because I see what Kristaps Porzingis is doing, and it, it's it's fantastic. And I had a lot of worries. terrible
1: comparison though that I'm starting to see is him to Porzingis. Well, it's it's
2: it's well, it's a, it's a, a terrible? Raheem, enlighten everyone. Well,
1: this is this is kind of a revelation that I've just come to and kind of blew my what, mind. Did it come
0: in your fucking dreams.
1: Well, no, I watched a a just a video. I want to say it was on Bleacher Report where they compared his film and played it back to one of the best, I'm going to say I'll categorize him as a role player from the 90s, but you look at Dragon Bender's film and I go, holy shit, he's Tony Kukoc. And to me, if I'm an NBA team, yeah, that's not a guy. Like, Tony Kukoc is not the guy to say, well, yeah, that's the guy we build the team around. But he had some pretty good games coming off the bench or starting for that 90s Bulls team.
0: But also, I mean, if if the Pelicans pick him, mean, they're not building a team around. You're building the team around. It's still Anthony, Anthony Davis, AD, yeah,
2: yeah. But same time, this gives you a good score on the mm-hmm. outside who can stretch that floor, and that's pretty valuable in today's
0: and NBA
1: film. Like you look at how he drives the basket, how he shoots;
0: it's carbon copy Tony. Kuka. The thing with the thing with Porzingis and Bender, though, they're always going to be tied just because who is the last great? It's back, Bangs- Bangs- yeah, yeah. Who's the great last international player who's kind of unknown but showed a lot of great skills? It was Christoph Porzingis. He's, it, they're just forever linked. So that's kinda why I have a love hate relationship with him, because I wasn't high on Parzingus when he came out, but obviously he proved me wrong completely in that first. And I'm on the other side.
2: I I was really high on Parzingis. I thought it was a great pick and
0: I'm happy that he
2: you know, landed out the way he did in New York after all the hate up front. Yeah, notice and how just, New York
1: really hated
2: him, and then he started so making much buckets, yeah. and they were like, oh, we love you. And Phil playing that quack game, like, yeah, yeah, it's like a two-year project, don't worry about it. <laughs> and he just comes out and drops like 18, day one. So, I mean, I think it's fantastic, and it's the reason why he was projected so high. He gave Bender such a huge push in the draft. I think, you know, the... 5 to 10 range is more likely where he actually deserves to be, rather than fighting for that 3 spot. I think that was just because of Porzingis, he got that push. So and you're if saying, I'm
1: Dragon Bender, I don't want to go to the Suns, anyways.
0: So you're saying five to ten? Dave. I, I think he's a five to ten. Yeah. Where where are you saying he goes? What I'll range? lock him in at six. You'll lock him I'm in at six. I'm him for the in at Pelicans. One pick, he's six. not going to fall below six. Mm-mm. And I, if he does,
1: if he does, he's going seven. So 6-7, fine. Okay. You, you talked me it. I'm just
0: it. saying. See with Bender, I mean, it, it's hard to say because I mean, if the Celtics, if the Celtics take Brown at three, what?
1: Can I change my mind? Yeah. I'm going to say seven only because Tony Kukoc's number was seven. So boom, full circle. You're a oh, magic God. right, right. there. So you, you're agreeing I, my with tinfo- Chad.
0: My tinfoil head. You're you're agreeing no, with Chad Ford. I'll
1: say six seven, but I would love seven because then Tony Kukoc, Tony Kukoc was seven. Illuminati confirmed.
0: Okay, so you're agreeing <laughs> with Chad Ford. So he's going. So you're agreeing with Chad Ford. He's going there. I'll say six, seven. In my mock draft, I currently have him going to the Pelicans. So I gotta, I gotta agree with you. I think he's going four to six. I think, I think if the Suns like him better, then they'll take him over Chris. Uh, I think maybe if the Timberwolves do like want to keep Ricky Rubio, then they go with Bender. And I don't see the Pelicans really, you know, missing out on drafting Bender. I don't know if it's the right pick. I don't know if he's going to develop because Kristaps proved me wrong. I have a bad feeling about Bender, but I had a bad feeling about Porzingis. So really, is it you because can't trust we it. don't
1: really watch them as much because? We're it's, not
0: over I think in we, Europe watching the Euro League. It's not even that. I think we just trash on the Euro League. I yeah. think it's. I think we we've it's, seen it's a half tier below the NBA, and then China's like two tiers below that. Yeah, and we we see the we we see the NCAA, and we've seen the product it it is putting out. And with you know, I think we always compare it to like Darko Milicic and Andre Bargani. Oh it's oh kind of like we like Calderon. Yeah, we, hate, we've seen the bus from the the international league. I say we, and then we're, I can't remember
1: know. what commenter was, but we got a comment in one of the sections where I saw. Uh, Dragon Bender, the next Darko Milicic, and it's like, shut up, get out of here. <laughs> Maybe do you even know who Darko is?
0: Maybe he Maybe. should. He's he's international.
1: So, he's, picked, he's picked in the first. round. So Bender's going to get a there, ring there are, before Ingram. Let's or put Simmons. this way: there's hey. a lot of picks
2: that get tossed out for overseas players. I would love to see the percentage of those that actually turn out to be you know quality picks at the mm-hmm. end of the day because I feel like a lot of them are oh, it's either like draft and stash or, you know, maybe this guy's going to come over and do great things. Like and- Nico for the Bulls. Honestly, yeah, that I wouldn't be surprised if the
0: Nuggets have like an international player who's still drafted in like the 2006 draft. Absolutely. Like they, they, these guys just come out of the woodworks and you're like, oh, yeah. they drafted him and then you don't hear about him. And they're like, and it's first round draft pick, uh, top 10 draft pick from the Nuggets 14 years ago, finally coming out of uh international play to play for the Nuggets. And you're like, what the hell? Exactly. I, 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 like you kind of forget about these guys. So, I mean, I think it's just because we don't have our eyes on them every single year. Right, it's not as highlighted as the NCAA play, so exactly.
2: it's secondary.
0: But it doesn't mean they're awful. It yeah. just means less exposed. And a guy, and a guy that we did see who was completely exposed to us, Sabonis. Dave's Dave's favorite player, I think, in this in this draft. Sabonis is is. is projected to go number nine to the Toronto Raptors, and our our question is really best power forward outside the top ten because there's a lot of power forwards Mm -hmm. in this draft. You got Davis, you got Thon Maker, you have uh, Scale. We're going to include Sabonis into this because he's kind of fringe. You got Henry Ellison, who's in generic white bread boy. Yep, there's a lot of guys here. So who would you say is the best power forward outside the top ten? So that's excluding Chris, and that's excluding Bender. So you got guys like Sabonis, Davis. Bissier, uh Ellison, you got a lot of guys. Who would you say is the best power forward? I'm gonna give two. I said gonna, one, but okay. I'm gonna give two. Well, I <laughs> can't like he's you say his one, but he's it's like bats,
1: I look at two and I really like two, and then I'm gonna give one that's kind of like a he's a so he's actually project. gonna name
2: every single power forward. No, that no, you just no. Gave. Not this
1: one, this last but one's a raw project <laughs> who could become something really good. Uh-huh. I love, I love Sabonis. I mean, it really opened my eye. Dave loved him more before me, but it really opened my eyes seeing him actually play live, live? Yeah. and just pull down those rebounds and bring, shit though. bring Gonzaga into that game they should have won. Been at the line, Cav- like all night. Cavaliers shouldn't have been there. I, I don't know what it is between me and Cavalier teams. They just should lose, but I like Sabonis. I also like Scale coming out of, like, if we're looking outside the top ten, he's a guy that could be a steal for an NBA team, but he's going to need a few years, and the guy who could absolutely be a steal in the later rounds is I really like Chuck Diallo. I love oh, Diallo. going way out. I, I, mean, I love Diallo. He's the one that's like the raw project that's going to need a lot of work, but that late in the draft, if it's a team like, I don't know, the Warriors or even the Spurs where it's like they can say, Fuck it, we'll take him and work with him. He could be a guy that in a few years you're saying, I remember that guy at Kansas.
0: I got to call Ricky out because I I can remember a couple Chad Ford mock drafts reactions where you're calling out Scale saying, "Yeah, hey, shit." I remember it completely. And now you're changing the boat, man. What the hell? You you look at some more. Are you a LeBron
1: fan next? No, no, no. That'll never happen. Right,
0: right. right.
1: Kobe all day, every day. But, uh,
0: (laughs) no, I I mean,
1: after looking at some more film and as the draft process goes on, I mean, opinions do change, right? That's why they're called opinions. And I'm not saying he's the best power forward in the draft, Mm. but I'm starting to come, like, I would pick Sabonis. If you're saying, Ricky, pick one, I'm picking Sabonis, but scale could be a guy where he's gonna need work in the nba that's why i would put sabonis because i would be more confident in sabonis helping out my team day one than scale
2: look i think the big thing is two questions one is are we talking best power forward out of those top you know outside of the top two or are we talking best power forward for this raptors team because this is a raptors team do both well this raptors team is you know right there they're championship contenders and Sabonis comes in and gives them the best chance to continue competing he fits in you know the pro offense perfectly fine defensively he has very little weakness his biggest question is okay a little bit of mobility download he's not super athletic Mm -hmm. but at the same time he is Uncanny He's He's got some athleticism To him You just don't see it as much Bye
1: bye biombo Hello Sabonis Well Biombo Wasn't saying. even starting Uh
0: Dang. He, he, The guy who was starting Was is Luis Scola
2: Oh Luis yeah valentinus was injured the center. Yep. So
0: Luis Scola I mean a guy who Didn't Ugh. really have that much Mobility there got Scola And you got a guy Who Sabonis is very uh, You know Tenacious and down on the boards I mean yeah. I like I like Sabonis The pick for the Raptors and it, it, I does think he that's a fantastic
2: fit Because they're in a Win now mode I, I agree with you Scale could so. be a prospect Down the line the, Alongside you know Deontay Davis, he is someone who will grow, and I think in a year or two, maybe three, at the tops, so that that's where you start to draw the line mm-hmm. in the sand. You're like, all right, it's just not happening for you. For scale, but,
1: though, it's going to be what team he goes to. Like that, if, uh, if they can, if they can have that can benefit almost to go wait that anybody, and kind of be like, right. okay, we can work with them.
2: Exactly. Sabonis is a, a cookie cutter fit for what you need for a down-and-dirty, gritty power forward. He's going to go get you boards. He's going to get you tough points in the paint.
1: I'll take him at 14 if he's there.
2: Absolutely. I have no argument with that. But I think scale's upside is just really high. Henry Nelson doesn't do much for me. I've made my point clear on that before. Well, that's
1: like I really like the scale to Orlando because I think that scale could come in... And Vogel could work with him to be the big man that he needs in his
0: system. And he could be a decent defensive uh, player with Mm -hmm. with Vogel. And plus, you know, you got Vucevic down there who can man inside the paint and scale can stretch the floor. I mean, looking from a prospect-wise, I think a person who's obviously the most NBA-ready is obviously Sabonis. I don't think anyone's arguing there. But prospect-wise, I'm going to go with Henry Ellison. I look Whoa. at the I look at the kid and I love his stroke. I, lo, I, 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 I that sounds weird, but you know I love I love I, lo, I love his shooting. I love his shooting. I, I think he can be a decent stretch for. He's not the most athletic. He's not the most flashy, but I think he could still put up points. I think he could be a very useful player on any NBA team. But with you know scale, there's a lot of question marks. He didn't produce in college. You look at Thon Maker. We haven't seen him up against real you know, real guys. Yeah, we watch him be up on, like, 15-year-olds. Deontay Davis, does not he, he's really athletic, but what else is there? With Henry Ellison, you know you're going to be able to get a shooter. It's kind of like with the Brandon Ingram thing is he can still score. He doesn't need to rely on athleticism. Right. He can score. I mean, I was watching him go up against Jimmy Butler, and, yeah, Jimmy wasn't playing tight defense, but it, you know, I think Ellison was, like, a couple feet behind three, and he was still swishing them. I mean, it was, like, five in a row. I think Ellison can be a good scorer in the NBA. I don't think he's going to have the best career out of all these power forwards, but I think he is a a great prospect that we didn't mention that he can really be useful to a team and could still be a consistent starter You know, 12 years down the line. I I think he could be a very consistent player uh, for a team. He's a mid-tier role player is what you're saying. Mm Yeah, I, I think maybe even higher. Right? I think I think he wow. could be. I think he could be like a K Love on a team. Like now,
1: I was gonna throw not, that out there, but I wasn't sure if that was a stupid. Are we talking thing like K Love
0: this year? or K Love like in
2: <laughs> Minnesota? Because there's Cause a big difference. Because you're not gonna uh, revolve the team. That's what I yeah. I thought
1: K Love in my head, and then I'm like. But when you the out. guy. If in... Caleb panned out. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh my God. Panned if, out in
0: Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. if Caleb panned out, planned out in Cleveland. That's what I was trying to say there. Another guy I want to throw out there just because we're throwing <laughs> out guys here, and we'll talk about him later, is uh, Juan Hernan Gomez. Watch this kid. He, I think he was uh, practicing at some gym. From NBA 3, I think he made like seven straight threes. Kids jumping out, out of his shoes. I love him uh, from from an international standpoint. I think he's I think he's fantastic from Spain. He he might be able to produce uh produce well in the NBA. But let's move on out of the power forwards because I think we've talked enough. So let's go to point guards because we're going I love on the different po- ones. Th-
1: this is the position that I absolutely love. Well, because is isn't there a reason? To draft a point yeah,
0: guard.
2: I was trying not to mention the Bulls off the bat, but well, you, you know he's going to mention the goddamn like, Bulls. No,
1: <laughs> like outside of uh, Ricky tonight Outside of Chris Dunn, this is where you got DJ. You got Wade Baldwin. Um. Uh, these are the guys that like Deontay I Murray. focused on Deontay, yeah. Murray. Oh, I love oh. Deontay Murray.
0: So really, who is the best point guard in your mind outside of Chris Dunn? Because I think we all agree that Chris Dunn Chris Dunn's is the best. Your best point, best pure guard. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. absolutely. Best best point guard. Who is your second? Who who would be who would be your second best point guard? In Wade in this draft?
1: Baldwin. But I really love DJ, even though I hate the Fighting Irish.
0: Why? Whoa. Why Wade Baldwin?
1: Because to me, I mean, he's he could be a strong combo guard. We're we're looking at Jamal Murray, and it's like, well, he's a two guard, but he can also play the point. Well, Wade Baldwin is a point guard who is already ma- n- not mastered, but he's solidified the top skills that you need to be a good point guard. Can pass, can see the floor well, has a pretty good three-point jumper, still needs some work on it. However, he can also play the two. So to me, that's a, that's a like valuable piece where it's like we can play him at the point, but then if we have like another good point guard, we can pull that guy in, move him over to the two to give our two guard a rest. There's just so many versatile options that you could do with Wade Baldwin. See,
0: with well, the thing is, you used to question Ben Simmons on why he shouldn't mm-hmm. be the number one pick, saying like there's questions about his leadership. And in in Wade Baldwin's draft profile, there's questions about his leadership on the floor and in the locker room. a point th- guard, you got to be directing the offense. You're you the floor be, general. Yeah, you got you're the floor general. General, you got to be open. You gotta be able to to put everything aside. You have to be able to command this offense and be able to work through everything. And with that, with a point guard, that's the biggest red flag for me. That's why I don't even have him in my top twenty. I, I just I don't I don't like Wade Baldwin.
1: Here's the big thing and this may sound may piss some people off, but the main reason why You don't do that ever, right? Yeah, you never I do piss it all the time. Off. But the main reason why we're going to look at a Ben Simmons and take this point And kind of bring it out more is, where's Wade Baldwin being drafted? Is he being drafted number one overall? No. I mean, Wade Baldwin could be a guy where he goes, let's say if he goes outside the top 20, like you think, where I think within, what, 14 to 20 is a good range for him to go. Mm -hmm. He could be also a guy that's drafted where they also have a starting point guard. So he doesn't need to be the leader. Like, Wade Baldwin isn't going to be a guy you draft at 14 and on and be like, hey, bud, you're our leader now. No, there's going to be vets there that are going to say, sit down, young kid. I'm the leader here. This is my room. And he won't have to put up that leadership. Could be a it could be a Jay Cutler thing too, where it's just like, you know, I don't want to be the leader.
0: See, but what the thing is with with a point guard, you need you need to be a leader. Whether that's interesting in in bring big that role, up, what the, the the
2: leadership out of the point guard role? Because last year, you know, we watched D'Angelo Russell, and when he lost the respect of that locker room, it was clear as day that team was not going to run through him. Thank you, and I mean, even the coach
0: knew it to the point where he got benched multiple times. And it, and the thing with like D Rose, I mean, look at look at Derek and the thing. The question about like the whole Hoiberg thing was like you know, DJ, uh, D J Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler couldn't decide on who's running the offense. It should be a point guard's job to say no, I'm point guard, sit back. This Ball is, this is my thing. Yep. unless you're LeBron James. You're 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 going to let the point guard run the offense. I mean, or James Harden. Yeah, unless you're unless you're a guy like a Kobe, a <laughs> uh, LeBron James, or transcendent uh, players. Yeah, transcendent player. Jimmy Butler is a transcendent player. You're going to no. need him to be to have a point guard who can work well. I mean, yeah, Wade Baldwin's going to be good if he, if Jimmy drives in, and dishes out to Wade Baldwin. But Baldwin Baldwin's able to develop his three. Yeah, that's going to work there. But with Baldwin, I just don't I just don't see it happening just because of that. That 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 you know lack of leadership and that lack of leadership might work to well, you know, I'm not, not being able to hustle or you know just not being invested in the game. That just throws me off completely. And
1: I'm not saying that's one. Th- this isn't a thing that you kind of look over, but it's one of those things where it's like teams shouldn't harp on it as much as let's say if he was going if he was going number one overall, and we're talking Wade Baldwin number one pick. Then yes, this is the storyline we're talking about. You can't have this leader there because usually that top
2: five pick, maybe even top three pick,
1: you're basically you're bringing in to be the eventual leader. You're of basically your team. assuming
2: he's going to be hidden on the bench and he can learn his own place.
1: Yeah, that first year. I mean, and if Chad Ford, if he has him on the Bulls as of right now, unless we trade Derrick Rose, he's Rumored. the backup.
0: See with Simmons he's the backup. See that's with it. Simmons leadership thing is you okay, we never saw him be a leader, but that doesn't mean he can't be a leader. And there's not questions about oh, I'm not even, about, br- I'm he's not just, even he's bringing up Ben. Kid.
1: I'm not even bringing up Ben Simmons. I'm just saying you with Wade Ball no, I'm saying with Wade Baldwin if he was the number 1 pick. That's what I'm saying. All right, well, I'm not yeah. trying to harp on if Ben Simmons is a
0: leader. Or not. All, right, all right. Well, he's he's not the number 1 pick. That's Fair a, definitely what we would say. Uh my favorite point guard prospect. I think it's just mainly because of his upside. I think anyone who drafts him, I think the, I, I think you will like my next mock draft because I have him going to the Bulls, is Deontay Murray. You're just staring at my screen now because like, <laughs> I'm prepped for it. I was all ready to say Deontay Murray. I'm
1: surprised they didn't say uh, DJ.
0: Well, all right. DJ's a, late, a really late point guard pick. And I feel like DJ, if he goes to the right team, then he's going to excel. See, Chad
1: I, Ford has him going to the Spoys. It's
0: yeah, not a voice. bad idea. People, people know I have. People know I love Notre Dame. All right, I'm not hiding. That. Right, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously I, have, I have Demetrius Jackson. So let's hear your love for Deontay Murray, so I can right. compare with my love well, for Deontay Murray. With Murray, first off, he goes to Washington. Yeah, good choice. My, my, I, have, I have three favorite teams. I got Notre Dame. I have U, UConn. I have Washington. Uh, so obviously, Deontay Murray gets some uh, good points there, and Chad Ford has him going number ten to the Bucks, which might be a little high, but the reason he's really going there is because again, you kind of talk about that 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 big. You know, a, a big point guard there. He's 6'5". He's got a lot of athleticism here. He's a decent, you know, getting to the basket decent-wise. He's yep. a good passer. And I think he is, you know, the, the one uh, adjective that people use for him is tough. And yep. you want a point guard to be tough. You want a point guard to be able to lead a team if you're if you're tough, you're going to be able to lead a team. I think it's I think it's pretty fair there. I mean, you're going to be able to, you know, put the team on your back. You're going to be at least be able to, you know, put egos aside and be able to step up and command a floor. That's the thing I like about Murray, and he's so young. I mean, he's 19. Wade Baldwin's 20. I mean, it's a it's a year on him. I, oh, I it's think, so much time. I think yeah, Murray Murray's got a lot of time to develop and grow. And I'm not saying Wade Baldwin doesn't, but I think I think you can develop his shot, and you could develop his turnover his turnover proneness, and be able to work on him to develop him into a great point guard.
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I love Deontay Murray. I think that he is definitely, if he follows the Bulls, I'd be in love with that pick over Wade Baldwin. You
1: guys should see the smile that's on Dave's face. I know, hand.
2: right? It, it's ear it's, to ear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I'm we seem to get along a little bit on some of these ideas, but yeah. no, you're right. It's You have a 6'5 guard with a crazy good wingspan, 6'11 wingspan, which is fantastic. So you got someone who has the ability to play really good mm-hmm. defense just purely off of his physicals, and he's a great slasher. He gets into the lane, and he's still well going in. He still has that vision to kick out, which is something that I value extremely high. I like the guys like Rondo, who, he doesn't have the best shot, but he's got a shot, but the thing is He can go in that lane, pull three guys' attention, kick it out, and get somebody else that opportunity for a better shot. And I think that's what Deontay Murray already knows how to do. He's got some of that in him, and he'll continue to grow it. And he, honestly, I just think it's a fantastic fit because of that. He is tough. He can take hits. The only question is, you know, after watching point guards ruin their bodies, Taking those heavy hits in the lane—that's the only concern for him. He'll need to learn how to maybe play a little more cautiously, dial it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But same time, I, I absolutely love him. I love the fit. No matter where he goes, I think you know he's going to be an excellent point guard and exceeding in the NBA.
1: But the true question we got to ask with Deonta Murray uh-huh. is—and uh, I'm taking this from—it's a theory that Jason Whitlock has with Fox Sports, where you got to look at these kids and—is he a city kid? Or is he a suburb kid? You know, a city kid, gonna fight for it. Has had to fight for everything his entire life. Got that toughness. The suburb kid have a little bit of entitlement. And looking uh, where he's from, we did a little research, and uh, city kid. So Deontay Rainier could Beach be, High School could be a great fit. Who, who else want in the NBA?
0: Sean, uh, Jamal Crawford and Nate Robinson. So Nate Robinson. Yeah, another Rosen, great Chicago great backup. Bowl. And the one thing, great Washington, great. The last <laughs> great Washington, thing. Great.
1: The last thing I will say with my whole point guard thing is, you know what I fucking loved about this uh, mock draft from Chad Ford? What? There was—I did not come to the Bulls and see Deontay Davis's fucking face there. I saw a point Jesus guard. Jesus Christ. He, he really
2: is passionate really, about not going point I guard. Really I really hate—
1: is. I, and we go for like I finally got to the Bulls and saw a point guard, and I didn't have to see Deonta Davis's face because that's the power forward that I would see. It would be fine if I saw Sabonis every once in a while, but I got to see follow. a point guard.
0: Dave, why do you think I keep putting a point guard on my mock drafts to the Bulls? I want my, true, job. I like my job. I like my job. Yeah, I like my job. I don't want to be you know coming into Ricky like beating yeah, the shit out. Ra- me.
1: The rage that you felt during our game six reaction, yeah, that's the rage God, I, I feel. When I see a power forward Such going rage. to the Bulls. You're an
0: idiot. All right. Uh, now, before we go on to Ricky's favorite topic of trades, we're going to go to best, it. best players from 21 to 30. So those players are Ivica Zubak, we have Denzel Valentine, we have Cech Diallo, we have Malik Beasley, we have DeAndre Bembry, Patrick McCaw, uh, Gershon Yabuzli, I'm really messing that one name. Oh. Timothy Luawu, and then we got Demetrius Jackson and Damian Jones. Two two gimme's on the, the last two. He made me work <laughs> for the two uh, international ones in there. I, I know the players. I just the, saying the names is hard. I said J- Jacob Poto. Po- yeah, I said Poto the first time we talked about Jacob Pirtle. Uh But yeah, let's go in through twenty-one through twenty. Who is your or twenty-one through thirty? I'm sorry. Who is your favorite prospect from that range that you think will really develop and will really be a steal in this draft? I'm honestly surprised to see Denzel in this bracket. He's fallen so far out, you know,
2: literally like eight picks back from where Chad Ford had him initially.
1: Take him at 14. Bulls, uh, <laughs> fucking take him. Jesus. So you wanted a point guard. I'll take... If Denzel's there, I will take okay, Denzel. Okay, so you want
0: the bonus. Denzel Valentine, Wade Baldwin, Deontay Murray you want one Ben Simmons just too? one of them well, ben just Simmons? Ben Simmons yeah. Yeah. Ben. if Ben
1: Simmons falls there I'll fucking take him at 14 yeah. all day every day why
0: not
2: uh, But no, <laughs> I, I think I think there's a lot of concern over his health now they're pointing at and I don't really buy it I think he's fine I think he's gonna be fine he's gonna be a great two guard who can again that combo guard ability if
1: he falls into this range he gonna be a steal that's what
2: Denzel's he's a steal. gonna be mm-hmm. absolutely whatever team gets him is gonna be lucky
0: yeah without a doubt I, he's not falling out of my top 20 I mean it, it's, it's ridiculous that Denzel Valentine's that low because I mean, just looking at him, even if he's not a starter for you, coming off the bench, a guy like that is just golden. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's tough, a guy who's a leader, a guy who can do basically everything. Yeah. Why, why not? Why not? I mean, if you have really, like, a, a strong urgency against his knees and you're a team like the Bulls and you're like, I don't want another guy with knee problems, then okay, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at Denzel Valentine, his skill set, his abilities, what he's done, I mean, in college. There's no way I, I let him pass 20. I mean, well, if I'm I mean, even the Pacers, I'm not letting them slip there.
1: And I'm going to bring something up here, kind of pulling in what we talked about earlier in the podcast with mm-hmm. the Celtics. The Celtics could be in some kind of game plan mode where it's like, oh, shit. Maybe we – like you mentioned Chris with, oh, well, they may want Chris because yeah. he can play the three. Well, if there is like – if they do their due diligence and they find out, hey, at 23 – Denzel could be there, then that could ultimately change what they do at three. Hey, let's take a shooting guard because we can take Denzel at 23 to be the number three or play the three for us in Boston.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if you take a guy like Jalen Brown a three or Jamal Murray, I mean, well, if you take Jalen Brown, then he could play the three. You can put Denzel too. I mean, Denzel can play anywhere too. I mean, Denzel can probably cover any position. Good that's enough not, size, yeah. That's not a center. I mean, I mean, looking at Denzel, I mean, so so much versatility there. Literally, and his biggest knocks are the fact that he's a senior coming yeah, out and, and his injury problem. His injury. yeah. O- outside of that, there's nothing that I'm worried about with him. I mean, it's fantastic what Denzel's doing. I think him falling that low is a steal for any team, and a team like Charlotte too, a team that's you know. In the hunt? That was in the hunt, too?
1: I kind of go, eh, because Charlotte, I look at and go... Okay, they're a team that I know they made the playoffs this last year, but are they really a good team? You got I know Kem- they took the heat to seven, but I just look at what yeah. the Hornets have always been and what Charlotte's always been. They, and I go, yeah,
0: but eh. I think I think they're on the up and up. It, it's really about keeping the players. If they're able to keep Batum and they're able to keep Marvin Williams, and you have a great guy like Kemba Walker, and then you add more depth to that bench with a guy like Denzel Valentine, I mean, I think Charlotte can compete. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win a finals or they're, but I but think they gonna can help. be competitive. Yeah, yeah, I think they could be really competitive. I mean. I think Denzel falling that low. I mean, and if he goes one more to the Celtics, just just wrap it up. They're going to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. I mean, Denzel can Denzel can help that team yeah. that much. But I mean, looking at looking at other guys. I mean, you have guys like Demetrius Jackson, who we obviously mentioned before, and I, we oh, think he's be a, great a great player, great
1: fit for that Spurs team.
0: Exactly. I mean, Tony Parker aging, and I, I think I think DJ can step mm-hmm. in. He's a smart player. Playing under Mike Bray, I mean, this guy knows how to play basketball. This guy is a smart, he's a uh, smart player. He's a leader. I think he would fit great in the Spurs, spurs culture. Chad well, there, Ford agrees with me. Well, there's two guys. Or I agree that, with Chad Ford.
1: There's two guys that I've been looking at. That. I know I named one of them in Chuck Diallo because yeah. I, I agree with this, and this is uh, I'm going to be in the minority here, but I think when it's all said and done, and we look at the careers of Diallo and Thon Miller. Diallo, Thon Maker, Maker. Maker, will have... It's do time, baby. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit because Thon's not going to be as great as everyone's saying. I think Diallo could have the better career compared to Thon when it's all said and done. This is a kid that I would, if I'm in a late pick order, I'm going, hey, maybe we can take a stab on this guy, work with him. I mean, he's got the motor that you want. He's scrappy. He can defend. He can get to the basket. He's a guy that I would want in my front court. Another one, and this is a guy that can step in right away and help, is DeAndre Bembry. And this is a guy who came on in the tournament playing a great game. I want to say, oh, fuck, it was the Cincinnati game against St. Joe's that he played pretty well. And he's a guy, pass, defend, get to the basket, what more could you want? See, he's
2: got all the tools. And, you know, with, with the whole uh, Warriors stock around having that small forward mm-hmm. who can kick the ball out, I think it's a, it's a smart pick. You've got somebody who's going to get you, you know, maybe... I don't know. I wouldn't go 8, eight, six, but somewhere in that range isn't out of the out of the you know practical.
0: And a guy like Bray, I mean, he's a small forward, and that's what the Clippers need. I mean, Paul Pierce yeah. didn't work out. Jeff Green didn't work out. I'm not too
2: Jeff high. Jeff Green enough. did not work out. He just. Didn't fit consistently. Yeah, I mean, I'm not he too high. Flashes.
0: I'm not too high on Benbury because you know the Clippers do do a lot of shooting and Benbury can't do that at yeah, all. Yeah, he,
2: he's a poor shooter.
0: But I mean, if he can be a facilitator, then maybe. I mean, maybe it'll be a good fit for, for the Clippers, and maybe he can develop a shot. But he is pretty old. But that's the thing, if you
2: got you know CP3 and JG on the outside, mm-hmm. you're going to get your chance to go down low. True. Another
1: he, thing I do look at with him is one thing that the one opponent basically Buddy Heel didn't show up against was Oregon in the tournament. Biembre, yeah, they lost sixty nine to sixty four, but that was a number eight seed taking on the one. He scored sixteen points and got twelve boards that game.
0: Uh, one final player that I do like. I mean, I, it's not really that I like the player. I'm, I'm not too high on Damian Jones. He's not even in my in, in my uh, first round, but. I like I like the fact that the Golden State Warriors are picking a center because if they pick a center, you know with Bogut's expiring contract and Bogut, I mean mm-hmm. not Bogut's expiring contract, Bogut's just terrible contract and Bogut's injury, that's obviously going to hurt him there. Virgil's, uh probably leaving, Festus is probably leaving just because of money wise. You draft Damian Jones, he's going to be on a cheap contract. He's going to be able to play the center. He's going to be able to stretch the floor a little bit, not out to the three point line, but he'll be able to stretch the floor a little bit. I feel like Damian Jones or anyone, any center really can really you know just help the Warriors. Have that depth and maintain some depth to their team. But one guy I want to mention who's not 21 to 30, who is in the second round, I'm guessing, for Chad Ford's mock draft. Ben Benzo. That's what I was gonna. I was just I was looking he? him up. I, I'm surprised to see him fall <laughs> out of the first. Where is he? We're we going to the second round now, and we were talking about best second round prospects. I've talked about this guy at at as high as like top 20. I mean, I love Ben Benzo. I have no idea why he's slipping. Uh, when was the last time a guy who averaged 20 in a, in a the Big East conference not drafted in the first round? I'm even looking, had a good
2: he even had good workouts like. His draft stock. I have no idea how it's how it's falling that far.
0: I'm looking at
1: NBA Draft Net. They have him 41st overall to the Magic.
0: I don't understand it. I I just I, I have no idea well, why he's falling. That the much. way the thing I can look at
1: is because I mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, and we talked about when on the primetime podcast we looked at early on in the process of players who should go back to school. Mine was Jalen Brown. Of course, it was. And Brandon's was Ben Bentel, and he's a guy where coming out as a sophomore, the big question mark that I would throw out there if I was a scout is okay, was he really that good or did he just benefit from having an amazing point guard and Chris Dunn on his team? Because you look at Providence you look at Providence, they played really well against the non conference. And then played mediocre against their own conference, and then lost to a Trojan team that would—that was the upset for them. They were the favorite in that tournament game, and I know you're sitting there going, "Well, Ricky, it's an eight-nine flip a coin," but they were projected to win that game and didn't.
0: Look at look at the teams that Ben Bentel did have decent games against. All right, look, look let's look at the first you know one of the first twenty points game uh, twenty point point twenty point performances he put up against a number eleven Arizona team twenty points uh, twenty one points. Forty percent from three. Then next game against Michigan State, the number three Michigan State team, twenty points, thirty uh, three percent from 50 percent from the field. You go down the line, you could see him coming up again, big against great opponents. I mean, this team, went, this game went to OT, but again against the number four Villanova team, thirty one points, thirty three percent from the uh, th- from three, fifty seven from the field. This guy can put up points. Forty two against yeah, Marquette okay. in the second overtime. Okay, I don't understand why he's falling that much. Butler, he put up thirty eight in regular minutes. I mean, okay,
1: and I mean you say. Here's the thing with Villanova. You say 31 against Villanova, but then the next time he played Villanova in 26 minutes, he was one in five and had three points. Okay, but he look at grabbed six boards, and then I look at and I know there's only been two of these. No, the next, time but I-, I look at let me, a, I look at you're fucking playing DePaul and you let me put up six points. Let me interject yeah. the
0: uh, the the actual other Dave time. Dave knows he went. There. The other <laughs> time he actually he went up against Villanova was uh, Saturday, February 2nd. He put up 20 points. He went 40% from three, 54% from the field. Then the last game of the season, 26 minutes, and then three points. But then, again, look at the tournament. 19 points against USC and 21 I against, was just, against UNC. I was just
1: going to say I apologize. I flipped that in my head from memory. It was them who were the underdog, and they got the win. So I retract that statement.
0: Is Chris Dunn a great point guard? Yes. i not, yeah. not denying that. But, okay, so looking at Ben Mento, it's just like, all right, if you can have a guy who can give them the ball— then he's going to be great. The only thing is, is he just had a good facilitator. That doesn't take away from his skill set. He's a long athletic forward. He can stretch out all the way to the three. He's a good shooter. I mean, I don't see really what's wrong with him. There's a, there's knocks on his defense. But saying, then again, if he's athletic, I'm not saying you can get there's a good coach. Wrong hold with on, him. hold on. You can get a good coach and you could... Teach him to correct defensive positioning. I mean, I don't think Providence has the greatest coach of Mm -hmm. all time here. They're not going with John Calipari here. I mean, you're not working with one of these great coaches here. You can go to a team with a great coach and develop your game and become a great forward. I don't know why the hell he's going to the second round.
1: Well, the thing I think of, and I'm not saying that Ben Bentle is not a good athlete. I'm sitting here saying he could have been a prospect where, you know what, I'm going to go back to school a year. I'm gonna. Prove. Oh my god! You, that's not the answer no, no, to every no, single question. No, 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 it's question. not the answer. Am I saying that about every no, prospect? I'm, but I'm just I've, said about I've said it about I've said it about Jalen Brown, and then I could see it with Ugh. Ben Bento. Just to go back to college and say, you know what? I'm gonna prove and raise my draft stock with my game.
0: Fuck it, prove it in the NBA. Prove everyone. That's what Draymond Green did. Yeah. Draymond Green went and was like, "Hey, look, I'm in MVP contention, and I can name the 34 other players who were drafted before me." And also, he's not with, salty at all. And also with Jalen Brown, I'm not going to bash this kid for not going for not going back to college because he's what going to be going. Top 10? Yeah, probably. top 10, top 5. Well, I'm not, I'm not and bashing, bashing a ton of I'm money. I'm just saying, yeah. in
1: my opinion, that's what I would do. See,
0: I, I your I opinion is flawed because
2: who's going to pass up on millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah, and plus if to you go get back injur- to college for one year
0: where you can risk the injury, where anything can happen you don't know. All that money is just flushed away. Look at Karis LeVert, a second-round draft prospect. He's all the way down there just because of a consistent injuries there. I look at Ben Benso, He's taking his chances because what if he thinks he's going to get injured? He's not going to—he he's, he's, scored 20 points. In the Big East, this guy put up consistent numbers. I look at Ben mento whoever drafts him is a goddamn steal, fantastic steal. The only the only way, way I can see him not being a fantastic player is if he goes to the wrong team. That's the only thing. If he goes to like a team like the Mavericks or Nets, he won't he won't pr- produce. I mean, that's the only way I can see him failing. I the mean, ma-
1: the magic where NBA Draft Net has him would be a good fit.
0: Yeah, but then if if scale if they draft scale, then I mean he's going to be is, lost
1: which is weird cuz they've got him going scale at 11 and then bentol at 41.
0: I feel like he'll be lost there. I mean, I, I just feel like he won't be Yeah, but
1: then with that kind of the way I look at that, if you go that route, Scale can be your starter and then Bentol can be, okay, you've got some things you obviously need to work on. You can do that off of the bench.
0: Anyways, who, whose other second-round draft oh. prospects? Oh, right? I've got this one. ZQ. Right. Or Zhao Q. I can't even pronounce his
2: last name. China. China. I'm going with the... <laughs> Thanks, Donald <laughs> Trump. China. 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 <laughs> China. I'm going with someone who has incredible size, incredible wingspan, and a ton of talent that is being overlooked purely because of you know the past failures of people who've come over, most notably
0: uh... Ling. Wow, Yi Ling. I mean, that was just a dumpster. But also, Z is like a stick. Currently, he's a stick. Yeah, but he's also like nineteen. 20. He's 19, 7'2", or seven three, like one hundred and eighty five pounds. I'm one hundred and eighty five pounds. I'm like five seven. You're fat. You're fat is, clearly, Z, <laughs> my, oh yeah, my BMI is overweight. Yeah, that's that's what that's but no. what I'll, I'll say.
2: If he can he can score, he can run the floor. He doesn't look super uncoordinated like a lot of bigs you see where they're just oversized and they can't control their body really well. He has good body control, and honestly, there's a ton of potential there. Even if he doesn't come over directly this year, he'll be over next year if you can't negotiate that contract. He's going to get you points. He's going to get you boards, guaranteed. Like There's zero chance that somebody's going to out-reboard the 7-2 guy on the floor. There's instant value there, and there's somebody so young who... You're going to get some years of production out of him before you run
0: to those concerns with his size. This might be uh, pretty obvious, but I mean, I think the best team for Q is probably the, the Warriors. What? Oh, the Warriors. I was going Rockets. I was saying the Warriors just because I mean, all right, it's a young guy who can stretch the floor. He's a center. I mean, it's just if oh. you think of guys who can stretch the floor in a center, you God, can shoot I the three wanna, pretty. I don't athletic, hear about that. Go or is he
1: going to go to the Spurs because they love? Taken They've already got players. Boban,
2: who is literally <laughs> like the next comparison to him. <laughs> the most recent ears can grab <laughs> <laughs> But does he, his ears have blocks. But, yeah. but
1: does Q have as big of ears as Boban?
2: No. Uh, no. Can they no. pick
1: up satellite? I don't really think his no. Hands no, But he's right got a better. Too.
2: He's got a good shot still. Mm-hmm. He he's he a ton of potential. I can't believe him falling to two purely because of like concerns over that. No, this guy is going to be a steal if you get him in the second round. I think the Rockets. The, a lot of teams are projecting him to the Rockets. They're like. Oh well the Rockets need a big, they've got Hakeem, he can train him up. And everybody, you know, we wish that how that worked out for Dwight, but mm-hmm. look, this is a young guy who's willing to learn. There's a ton of potential. This guy could be an
0: absolute steal. Another thing with him though might be injury concerns too, just because he is so height, small and yeah. his height. height. height so I mean a little that, questionable. That might be a reason why I did follow the second round. Ricky, who's your who's your top rock? I've got
1: three. Of course. I've got three, but they're all from the same position. Okay, first Isaiah Whitehead, Se- Seton Hall. I just love what this kid was able to do in the his conference tournament in the Big East, and then what? Yeah, I know they lost to Gonzaga, but he still played well in the tournament. And then the other two, Gary Payton, the second, the glove Son, yeah. and then homegrown talent right here from Chicago, Tyler Eulis
0: I want to throw Tyler Eulis is in a second round draft pick.
1: Yeah, he is on uh, NBA draft net. They have Chad him as Ford a second even, round
0: We're going off Chad Ford. Tell is he was in a second round draft pick. He could. He could fall. No. Some, that, some could argue that he could fall. Boy is not a top. That he is going on the first round no matter what. Well, that's a
1: that's an argument. Like I don't know, bring if he your is. case.
0: Bring my case yeah, in, you've seen him play. Yeah, he's either size, but look at his look at his leadership. And we're talking about leadership, look at him lead a team. A five seven guard who's probably been told he's not gonna be able to make the pros because of his size, coming out and being the SEC player of the year, coming out in the tournament and being the leader for that Kentucky team, and looking at his performance, it was a gutsy performance in both the SEC tournament and the the NCAA tournament. Tyler Lewis was a team leader. He's got he's a great shooter. He's a great uh I mean he, he's able to create his own shot. Mm-hmm. He's a great passer. He's he's going to be he, in that 20 through 30 bracket. Yeah. I think I think he'll he'll fall. I think he'll fall out of the top 20. But I mean him falling he's he's one of the top point guards that we didn't even talk about. I forgot about him.
1: And I just want to bring up I I'm not saying that he should be a second round talent. I'm just looking I think at he can here go there. And, and I look at a second round and I go Oh, I could see it because he is the only big knock I see against him is he's undersized. That's it.
0: I say that and then go look at whatever draft Isaiah Thomas was taking at, at number 60, same thing, same thing. But I want to bring up two guys
1: that the only reason I'm bringing them up for you, Sean, is because we've gotten comments about them, and I want to hear what you have to say about them. One is Kansas' Perry Ellis, and then another one is Baylor's Teron Prince, who I believe was in— the last mock draft video we got a comment about Torian yeah. Prince.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I look at Prince and Prince just seems not. I mean, it, there's nothing that wows me. I mean, I look at I look at Tori, Tori and Prince and there's nothing that really you know jumps off the page. I mean, he, I think he was a decent three point shooter. I think he I think he was above forty percent. Uh, from 3 but i mean i look at i look at him and you know people are saying he's a potential stretch 4 for for uh the pacers i mean I, I look at i look at him and i don't really see the physical tools i don't really see anything that really wows me he didn't even shoot uh 40% from 3 he was shooting 36% i just mm-hmm. feel like he'll get lost i feel like he doesn't have the athleticism to stay up with people i just i look at him and i feel like he's a, a role player i feel like he's kind I feel of he's he's overvalued if you yeah no, to-
2: there, there's no val- i'm sorry there's not the value there to take him in the first round I feel he's a second round, and even at that, I just don't see him panning out. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't stand out in enough areas mm-hmm. to actually grab attention. Like you said, he's just he's okay. He's an okay player, but he's not going to go out there and change your franchise. He's not going to go Got out him. there and role player is like that's what he can hope to be.
0: Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I have a
2: feeling he's going to be in the D league.
0: Yeah, I think he's he'll be D league. I mean, looking at him, he he's not that fast. He's not that strong. I just I don't I don't like him. I I think he's just I think he's just really poor. I, I mean, looking at his combine, nothing impressed me there. I mean, it's he's he's not big enough for the three, or he is. I mean, he's big enough for the three, but I feel like he'll just be bullied. I mean, if he's is this, going just
2: up, a question purely based off of like he was in the two K draft,
0: so you want to know if he's like no, I up mean, being he, drafted? He was he was. Decent at Baylor, and Baylor was a good team this year, so I think it's mainly that. And Perry Ellis, I mean, Perry Ellis is scrappy. Yeah. That's it. He's not athletic. He's not a good shooter. He's not that great scoring. He's a good rebounder. He's okay defensively, uh, but I feel like he'll be a role player. I mean, Perry Perry Ellis. mm, Perry Ellis is also like 29 years old. Yeah, he's a role player. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't see anything really jumping off the board with uh, Perry Ellis. One last guy I do want to jump off say one thing about is Bryce Johnson from UNC. 6'11 kid. Talking about rebounds, talking about athleticism, I mean, it's basically what Perry Ellis wants to be. You you look at Bryce Johnson and yeah, can he shoot the ball that well? No. But is he decent grabbing boards and putting the ball back into the hoop and being able to to defend, yes, I think Bryce Johnson is a fantastic player in the second round for any team, and he kind of reminds me of a Tristan Thompson, and not the way that you know Tristan Thompson is playing in the NBA Finals because <laughs> obviously he's changing the game there. Yeah, Tristan Thompson earning that contract, but I'm, I'm, it's more of a guy that you can rely on to grab boards, a guy that you can rely on to be an energy guy off off the bench or, or st- in the starting role, a guy that won't be putting up you know a ton of points. He's, but a, he's guy a five and can, ten, yeah, a five and ten guy. I feel like he'll be a very Uh, a a essential role player to a championship team i feel like he can be that kind of there's
2: there's definitely some value out of him that you can get off the bench um i think the big concerns with him is just athleticism to be honest with you i think that's that's my big question with him i don't know if he's going to be able to keep up a lot of the time with these fast running offenses if you get on a breakaway is he going to be lagging behind though everybody i don't know but for a couple of minutes short here short here He'll be able to make an impact.
0: Yeah, and let's let's get to Ricky's f- favorite favorite topic here. We'll go we'll go to NBA draft trades because there's always trades happening. Whether it's the second round, first round, whether it's the Celtics, Ricky up yeah, up this bitch. Whether, whether it's the Celtics trading for uh, Jimmy Butler, whether it's the Timberwolves trading for Jimmy Butler, whether it's Demarcus Cousins going somewhere, the Lakers trading for Jimmy Butler, whether, yeah, whether it's everybody trading for Jimmy. Yeah, Butler. whether it's the Lakers trading everyone for Ju- 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 Julia Okafor. What trade is going to happen? What's a big trade that you think might be able to happen here in the NBA draft? And we'll, we'll get off the draft topic after this.
1: Here's one that piqued my interest. I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but I saw a headline while on Google, and it kind of just piqued my interest. Will the Nets try to trade back into the first round?
0: What do they have to trade back into the first round?
1: Literally zero value. I, I
0: don't uh, know. I mean, Jared, Jack?
1: Could they? The, the thing that I saw was I'm thinking, okay. Could they try to trade with somebody who's in that pick range of, let's say, not even 21 to 30, let's say even like 26 to 30, maybe 25 to 30, because that's the only range I could see them trading into. Just it was to get just, some value? It was just one thing I saw, and I was like, huh, will, w- would the Nets even try to work out a trade to get back into the draft? Because they are so frantic over, shit, that was a bad move. Shit, that was a bad move. (laughs) What were we thinking? And they're not
0: even out of it yet. Will they trade Thad Young? Will they trade Brooke Lopez? I mean...
2: Thad Young has value.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see who they would trade and who they would want to give up. I think I'd
2: hold on to Brooke. I mean, that's just... I think Lopez is still a cornerstone of the franchise and without
0: him you're truly just fucked. See, but then but then you know, you can't be like, all right, we're going to tank mode because then you're just going to the tank mode for the Celtics because you don't have your pick. Exactly. Like, so uh, I think
2: I think you go with Thad Young and you try to get somebody plus. It's it's uh, give me this like pick twenty seven plus this bench player you've got. Yeah, I, like, see, I that's see, their I, best
0: bet. I just don't see it happening. I don't see them trading in. I don't see anyone wanting Thad it's Young. It's just a or, fucked franchise. Yeah, I just, I think they're fucked. I think, I think they're really <laughs> fucked. I think they're fucked. I'm sure Brooklyn fans don't want to hear that, but I mean... You're, you're fucked, yeah, Brooklyn. You're, you're fucked. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see Brooklyn trading in. I mean, it's it's hard to predict trades. I mean, that's the hardest thing. A team that uh, maybe wants to make a move is Sacramento just because they're getting mm-hmm. a new stadium. They want to get Cousins some help there. Maybe they move up and get a guy like Jalen Brown, who you know is possibly not being talked into, uh, the top five. I mean, they're sitting at eight right now. Maybe they make a move. Maybe they package a guy like Rudy Gay into... Getting up, moving up there. At the I mean, same time, they could just wait and have Buddy Heel drop in their lap, and boom. See, points. but maybe they want that potential. I mean, I, I'm more thinking of guys that you know have a lot of potential. That yep you know, can possibly make that move and make that jump up. Because, I mean, we've seen it before. Like, people are just really, like, wanting and eager to make a move. I mean... That's true. I see Sacramento possibly doing that. I see the Bulls moving up just because they may make a, a move for Butler. So, maybe they uh, move want, up to the five or the three.
2: Yeah, I could see I could see Butler being involved with a move to get them up to the top of the boards. It's just a question of what way do they want to go with that. If you're giving up, you know, your star two, uh what, what are you going to do? What... Where is the upside in getting a guy who's ready to go in maybe three, two years from now is when he's going to be, you know, really gathering what he's going to be in the NBA versus you have Jimmy, who's prime, who's going to be there for four more years, uh, you know, good production. You've got him locked up under contract. It's hard to see the Bulls trade Jimmy because of that contract the way it is. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that they won't be able to value it outright. And unless they truly pull the trigger and they're like, goodbye, Jimmy, goodbye, Derek. We're just going fresh, we're full tank, and we're gonna get some prospects out of this who are really gonna, you know, set us up for the future.
0: Let me let me throw something out there. Would you if you're the Bulls and you're trading Jimmy Butler and you're trading uh Derek Rose, and you're let's say they go to the Celtics, do you want the Celtics pick right now or do you want the Celtics pick for next year? Good question. Do and you, I don't know the answer to that. Do you want the potential of you know the Nets just completely flopping and you get uh, the number one overall pick? Or do you want that third pick where you're not getting a guy who's a, mm. a, one of a, one of the guys who are for sure superstar like a Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram? Now Oregon. you're reaching for
2: potential with a Chris or Jalen Brown or a Murray. Even
0: I, I say if you're trading Jimmy, go for that next year pick and then get what? get as many picks this Here, year from the later like next the here's or the, the follow up
1: question:
2: What
0: are we okay.
1: keeping the 14? Yeah, then I would go next year.
2: So I'm, I'm I mean, there's some good prospects out for next year already. We, we already start thinking about yeah, it. So <laughs> I mean. There's some top talent up there. I think basically all of Duke's starting five is up there. I think. Yeah, uh, I mean Duke, Duke could see their entire starting five go in the first, you know, twenty
0: picks. Uh, I think probably first to ten. I mean, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna all. I mean, Don't,
1: I mean Grayson the... Allen's on that team. He was gonna be a first rounder this year. Hey, Not maybe, a high first. Maybe Grayson
0: Allen goes off. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he'll be JJ Redick going but, in eleven. God, that comparison.
1: But the thing, I know, like he's the...
0: white and he's from Duke. <laughs> he can shoot. <laughs> Enough said. That's it.
1: The thing with the Bulls, though, with. The trade for Jimmy is if we're keeping the 14, then yes, I'll say, well, let's maybe take a pick next year. But I feel like Bulls fans, and I'm kind of hesitant to say that because of how bad this last season was. Mm -hmm. I don't think Fred Hoiberg can—like, I'm not saying that we need to be top of the East next year, but I don't know how the front office and the coach are going to handle— the fans, if we have to go through a season worse tank than mode. the one we just went through, tank
2: mode. Well, uh, Hoyberg's totally a fall guy. He's already uh, had a poor performing season, I'm not so even a Bulls fan, you might as well gone guys. Like he is set to be a fall guy. Why not use him as that? Garpax is evil mm-hmm. enough to do that. <laughs> so, so why not just set him up for complete failure? Reload for you know the future because look, we we know we're not going to get it done with Derek what? Rose and Jimmy Butler, and the, the and tr- it's it's consistency of health. And mm-hmm. it's overlapping issues of leadership. So, look, we can go through, we can clear out pretty much the entire locker See, room at not, this point. like I'm not and ready. And make sure we're ready to go in 2018, 2019. Yeah. And at okay. that point, you're dealing with post-prime LeBron. You're dealing with that East Coast that is going to be empty. So we're basically just going to
1: wait until LeBron retires.
2: Believe in the plan.
1: But, I mean, <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm, we're not creating any hashtags here. Pinky. But... Like there's a part of me that's the best deal that I've seen, and do I think it's going to happen? No, but it's one of those things where it's like, so you're saying there's a chance, and it's all the talks with the Timberwolves because I think that Thibodeau may be crazy enough to go. You know what? I do like Jimmy. He's a star I could build around.
0: Bulls aren't getting Wiggins.
1: Five and Wiggins. Wiggins is the key piece. Well, Wiggins is the key piece. Wiggins isn't moving because. as a Bulls fan, I'm not giving up Jimmy for just the five. No, you and shouldn't. And that's a thing where it's Wiggins is I want a player that I can still sell to my fan base saying we are still relevant. Because the, if we go full tank mode and Dave's believing the plan, oh, they're, they're Chicago's going to Chicago. riot and we're just going to be under five, Like It's just going to be this whole city up in flames. I said this no, in the bottom. I
2: mean the Bulls have sucked before.
1: For, it's for gonna be. I'm it's talking. gonna be worse than the post Jordan. Really? Because yeah. the yeah. NBA
2: literally imploded post Jordan. No one watched basketball post Jordan. So I'm gonna have to argue with post that. LeBron. See, Could be the I, same
0: thing post LeBron. I said no, you're all believing in the play. I said you still have Steph Curry. I said this yeah. in. I said this uh, in am behind the pen this this uh, this past week. Uh, that you know, if you look at the Chicago sports, you look at you look at the Bears and their their recent downfall. You know, people people still show up. You look at the Cubs, people still show up. You oh, look God. at the White Sox and you look at the Blackhawks, people weren't showing up. And I feel like the Bulls would be the same way because you don't have someone who could sell, and you don't have that that history that I like Bulls no, tickets though yeah there's no it's a win <laughs> for me there's no <laughs> Jordan anymore the, you know there's no Jordan effect there's no Rose effect they're gonna have a bad taste in their mouth that people are gonna show up but I mean shit even when the Sox were winning no
2: one showed up so it doesn't really matter sure. to them the Blackhawks have totally you know conquered Taking the NHL the in the last five years and they've taken over the and, city and the city is just all in on them so but they, they had it, that dark period where they weren't even on TV well look hockey sucks on TV for like well, that, the, not, for like it, literally decades that was before no one wants HD. to watch it well yeah. okay
1: it depends on where you're looking so, at, because I mean, for the finals, they were looking at which regions were the top rated, and it was like Detroit. Well, why Detroit? Because 20 years ago, they were a good team. Why does Chicago rule in basketball ratings? Because Jordan 20 years ago got us all involved. That's a good point.
0: Let's let let's get off let's get off the of Chicago talk. Let's play a quick game of buy or sell. Will the top five pick be traded this NBA draft? by or sell?
1: We're on ESPN now.
0: Yeah. by or sell? Yes, do okay. it.
1: Cool.
2: I'm selling. Well,
0: you're selling it. I'm selling. No, I, it I don't think. I think there's a lot of people who want to make
2: those moves, but nobody's going to pull the trigger on draft day. Ricky.
1: Yes. Yes. A top five pick will get traded. So you're
0: buying. So you're buying.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at the Celtics.
0: The game is buy or sell. Not yes. Yes. All right. So the Celtics <laughs> are going to, need to trade. Uh, They're trade. trading their pick. Uh, let's go into a uh, top ten. Do you think that? Or let's let's do this. Will Julio Okafor be traded this draft day? by or sell?
1: <sighs> I'm going to sell. I'm going to go. Nerlens gets traded.
2: I'm going to agree with you on this one. Sadly, I'm selling Nerlens. That, that was my second question about Nerlens. Will Jimmy
0: Butler get traded by or sell?
1: Will Jimmy Butler, Butler get traded? Butler will not
0: be traded. I'm selling. I'm going to sell
1: that one, well, too. Who's,
0: who's the third? Who's, who are Celtics trading for, then?
1: The Celtics? They're not going to trade for
0: Jimmy. K-Love. They're trading for K-Love. Boom. Boom. K-Love right. is the savior of the Celtics. Ooh, will, that's hard to will swallow. Will K-Love, will the K-Love to Boston, the Boston third pick overall going to New York, and then Carmelo going to Cleveland happen? Will that no. tra- travesty happen? No. I'm sure I'm Bill Simmons it. is rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> He's not dead. Uh, yeah. Rest in, in his
1: peace, ESPN Bill. grave.
0: Rest in peace. Uh, one final question here. Ricky brought this one up. Buy or sell K-Love to Los Angeles Clippers and Blake going to Cleveland. I it's a genius move.
1: I would love to buy. It. Buy or sell. I'm buying.
2: It. I'm
0: buying as well. I think it.
2: I think it's a win-win, uh, except for the fact that it's not going to happen.
0: No, it won't, but buying it. After an hour and 15 minutes, we are finally done with draft topics. Or are we? Or are we? We're not because uh, there's talks and rumors of possible D Rose going to the New York Knicks, and it's internal talks between the Knicks about whether that or about you know them possibly trading for D Rose. First off, do you like the move for the Knicks? And second of all, do you think he fits in with the New York ways?
2: Well, I mean, he when not injured is a fantastic talent and brings a ton of energy. And obviously puts the city on his back. I think he'd do it for New York. I know he's a Chicago guy, so he's got that extra pressure. I think it'd be a good move for him to go to New York. He's maybe not he wouldn't be the number one guy. Everybody's not staring at him. It's still Melo's team. He's just there to help this team. And he would be a huge push because now it gives them that reliable point guard, reliable in air quotes, uh to get them to the next level in the playoffs. Think about it. You give them a dangerous point who who is a fantastic shot maker. He can still he's still capable of getting into the lane and scoring help out with that stretch triangle offense. You got Porzingis, you got Mello, now you got Rose out there. I think it would be a good fit. I just, I, I have to wonder about the injury concerns and where that value is going to be at.
1: It's an interesting, this is a whole interesting move for the Knicks because the first thing I think of is, like you said, Dave, does Derrick Rose even fit in with this team? They already have Melo, and that's the first thing I think of. Can he fit in? Mm-hmm. with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And I look at this team already. You already have two pieces in Melo and Porzinga God. Yep. And I, I kind of look over and think, look at when Derek Rose is not getting back to MVP level. No. But look at that team that when he won the MVP, Porzingis could be that big man, kind of like Joakim Noah for him to play off of. And then Carmelo Anthony could be like a, I know Jimmy wasn't there at the time, but maybe like a Luol Deng from the outside. But it would be Anthony taking is, more of the control that's, that's over a, Derek That's Chris. a horrible comparison.
0: Okay, so Porzingis who can stretch the floor is like Joe Kim Noah who's one of the best defensive players. And we're no, shooters. No, yeah. no,
1: I'm just saying it's... It's a same kind of a fit where we're they saying have a a stretch. Big, they have a I'm big man there. there. They have a big man there that the team can rely on. They have an outside guy that the team can rely on. Derrick Rose can fit.
0: Well, it, it's there just because you are, you have a guy who's tall. You have a guy who's kind of tall, and you have Derrick Rose. So it kind of fits. That's that's why I was saying it's a stretch. Wow. I mean, oh, that's truly Looking at looking at Derek Rose, I mean, first <laughs> off, I don't think he, I think he's done. I think his career is over. I mean, I think what? he
2: still has a few look, years left. Look at the last three the months, right. months of the season.
0: How I the hell, the hell he's can, can stay years left? he stay healthy? How can he, he still put healthy. up like twenty points a night? Are you gonna bet that he's gonna like, stay healthy? Six assists. You, come are on. Are you gonna bet that he's gonna stay healthy? No, but driving, driving bird, partially he's, healthy, his knees Derek not gonna Rose go out
2: better than a lot of point cards in this league today.
1: Would you take Derek Rose or Jerry and Grant?
0: Well, Jerry and Grant because he's from Notre Dame. Wow. I'm kidding he ran right into the fucking us I'd take Derrick Rose I'd take Derrick Rose how, how, how about right now how about you go right back now. to uh, Lynn's sanity huh I would take I would take Jeremy Lynn over Derrick Rose right now. I Derek Rose I would take Derek Lynn. I would Lin. take Jeremy yeah. Lynn just because of Jeremy Lynn's I know Jer- what Jer- I'm gonna get from Jeremy Lynn so D-Rose is New York gonna, gonna go after
2: Jeremy Lynn this offseason no fuck no they're huh. going to make they're a dumb Derek move Rose. and go with
0: Derrick Rose. I think it's a stupid move for Derrick Rose. All right, I think it's a stupid move for the Knicks. I think if if the Bull if it's on the table, the Bulls are accepting it right away just to get Derrick Rose out of here. It's depending on what they're going to give back, but I mean I don't, yeah. I don't know how to see what the they're value give back. back is. The questionable part. It's going to be hard for the Knicks to really give up something future, Maybe future picks. picks. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, if, if I'm the Bulls and they're like, hey, we want Derrick, we'll give you a first round for next year, and you're like, okay, see you, see you, Derrick Rose. That's a late door. first though. I mean, even if Derrick Rose Sweeping only plays like. Half the, the Knicks season. are going to have a late first. Yeah, they are. Next you year. still,
2: You still have Carmelo and Porzingis. How late are we talking? I'm talking
0: They were 18. No way. They're not making I'm the playoffs. I'm talking 18. They're not making the playoffs. Yeah, they are. It's Knicks the The Knicks aren't making the playoffs. It's the East. East is... Kind of. Wait, wait, up are there. you going to defend the East? Okay, right you, now? you have the Pistons, you have the Celtics, you have the Heat, who will still be in there. The Heat always find a way to get in there. You have Cleveland, you have Atlanta, who's always in there. You're going to have the. Atlanta Pacers. may not be you're gonna because they have the, a lot of
2: pieces moving. You might have the Bulls. You might have the Bulls aren't going to be there. You can just stop talking you know, now. You know, you know we didn't make it this right. year, Dave.
1: We'll, right. You would understand this if you actually <laughs> did the previews with them, like I do. Uh-huh. This kid loves the East and he thinks they're relevant.
0: Well, but I he mean, I, don't the know, East I, is I think the Cavs are relevant. Look, point, point. Like, fuck <laughs> off! I've never said the East were better than the West.
1: What did I say that? that? Uh, it just kind of comes in with your tongue. I've never said that. It I've said with multiple
0: times that the West is clearly better. I said that the Spurs were the best team in the NBA. I said... All if right, boys, anyone, Let's, let's no, bring it down a little Fuck off. Bit. Ricky's, Ricky's <laughs> making me look like a jackass here. Comes in, I've in with your tone. i never said... That the east is better than the west i'm not that stupid you don't, I'm not that you don't idiotic. have to
1: say it it's implied well sometimes. you
0: are picking up the wrong type of implications i here, hope, you I really hope i'm picking
1: up the wrong implications you are because the east sucks the east does suck
0: but there's a lot of mediocrity so that doesn't mean that doesn't mean the knicks can make it in yes it does i think there's a lot of mediocre <laughs> yes, teams but, yes, it, it, but that's the knicks are really means. bad the knicks are really bad but, but who's their coach kurt rambis what is Kurt Rambis going to do for this He's team? He's not their He's head not coach, coach
2: anymore. I'm sorry. It's, it's your it's, boy. It's
0: Jeff Hornacek. All right, yeah. And that's their the playoff. reason. Yeah. That, that is team. the reason why the they Knicks They complete the triangle wanna, No, 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 no. are playoff team. This
1: is the reason Guys, why I team. think the Knicks are even Hornacek, internally My bad. My bad. internally talking about this because look at the last job that Hornacek had. Who did he have playing the point? He had Brandon Knight and Bledsoe. And he probably went into New York and said, "Hey, you know what? Kind of to run the system that I want to" Let's see if we can get a point guard. Let's see if we can get Derrick Rose. Yeah, Let's I, see what I it think costs about this. because Carmelo. he's on the decline
2: and we could get him for cheaper than we want. Carmelo, this past year, even learned to pass the ball, which mm-hmm. which is just amazing. So he developed that part of his game. And now he's like, man, do I regret not going to Chicago? Kind of.
0: Get that wait. Derek Rose guy over yeah, here for get, me. Get, wait, wait, get
1: wait, that shit okay. over
0: here. The Knicks are making the playoffs. Let me say this. All right, Cleveland's making oh the playoffs. God. You can agree with that. Yes. Toronto's making the playoffs. You <laughs> yep. can agree with that. Celtics are making the playoffs. You can yep. agree with that. You can say that the Pistons will make the playoffs. Likely, yes. You'll say that the Hornets will make the playoffs. No. Questionable. Why won't the Hornets make the playoffs? They still have camp. They're the
1: Hornets. That's they, why they
0: made the playoffs. There was six team the East there and they were tied with the third team in Miami. Why 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 not?
1: Jeremy Lin's not going to be there.
0: Jeremy Lin's going to be there, but he wasn't no. the starting point guard.
1: He doesn't have to be the starting point guard. He was one of the Real spark plugs later. Down. He was
0: one of the spark plugs, but you still have Kemba Walker. You still I, have I'm just saying you have I'm just Petum. saying
1: I think they can not the make the playoffs. Okay. his
0: opinion. Washington Warriors uh, Washington Wizards. No. Wizards aren't John Wall, Bradley Beal health. Bradley Beal
2: is going to regress again. He he wasn't healthy. That's why he, he's still going to play poorly. Orlando Magic.
0: Orlando's Orlando? going
1: to have an interesting season, but not make the playoffs.
0: Milwaukee. But, uh, okay, so you're going to have the Nets make the playoffs. Okay, so you're going to have. Whoa, whoa, the Ho- whoa! whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, you oh, say wait. the Nets are? <laughs> My bad. Did you just say the <laughs> Nets? No, <I> <laughs> in the playoffs meant the same <laughs> Okay, okay. So you're going to have. Look, I don't know you're how not, it's going to ha- happen. I'm ha- just ha- ha- saying it. the
2: Knicks are going to get in the playoffs. They're going to be coming out of retirement. All right,
0: Cleveland's making the playoffs. Raptors are making the playoffs. Heat are making the playoffs. Boston's making the playoffs. Detroit's making the playoffs. That's five teams. So you got three more spots here. I would say Orlando. So you got six teams there. Then you can make a, the case that the Hawks will make it just because you don't you, you, Horford's probably not gonna stay, but you'll still have Millsap, you'll still have probably Teague or Schroeder. Schroeder's still a great point guard. You look at the Wizards, you have a great player in John Wall, you have Bradley Beale, you have Markeith Morris, you have Marcin Gortat. I look at this team. I look at the Bucks too. You have Giannis, you have Middleton, you have Jabari Parker, you have a guy in Yaka Purtle who you're probably going to draft. You have a decent threat there. And if Giannis can find his game early and consistently, they'll make the playoffs. One, one the playoffs. problem
1: with the Bucks: <sighs> Jason Kidd's head coach. That's, That's true. The problem with the Bucks: That's
2: true.
0: You, you don't think Derek Rose
2: plus free agency is going to get this team ten to twelve no. more wins? No, you're out of your mind.
0: I think you're out of your mind.
2: They they literally had no point guard and they still they got thirty wins. Okay.
0: Is Melo still healthy the, the whole Mello. season? Melo's not in
2: his prime anymore. But Mello can still score, and now he can pass, which makes him almost more valuable than Prime Mello. Can I, God, no. Prime Melo was
0: putting up like 29. Get out of here,
2: dude. Can,
1: I you? know, I can Tinfoil Ricky bring something up? You always yeah. do. What if getting Derrick Rose, Mello now says, let's call Durant. Bum,
2: bum, oh my! Ball. Get the fuck out of here! All right,
0: that, All that's right. the end of that segment. All Thanks, right, let's go to let's go to a place where Ricky and I know quite well, and Ricky and I are usually close to killing each other on mm-hmm. NBA Finals Game Seven preview. Let's go into it, Dave. What's your prediction? Because we we know our predictions. Ricky's got the Warriors by twelve. I have the, he, the cast he, he by seven. He likes to
1: get hyped over this uh, and get it, angry. It's gonna
0: be. It's gonna be the Cavs. Look, they're they're thank on you. a heater right now, thank, and
2: thank as you. much thank. as I hate Draymond Green, the Warriors team is good. So, but it's just not falling for I got, him.
1: I got two questions. Draymond for you hasn't then. been great. So you're saying that the Warriors are going to lose two at home for the first time this playoffs, and win... And lose three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the first time under Steve Kerr. And you're yes. also
0: saying that a team is oh. going to finally come back from three, down 3-1 to win a, a finals? Yes. Records are meant to be broken, Rick. And That's I'm also exactly saying that Kevin LeBron Love James still left.
2: hasn't lost a game starting at home. I mean, I just, it hasn't happened. It's a thing. It doesn't mean it's valuable. It's just a It's just a stat. Look, you can make up as many stats as you want. I, I wear Wait, rings say on that, Tuesdays. Say that one again. Kevin Love, as a starter, hasn't lost a playoff game at home.
1: Okay. I was gonna say I thought you said Interface. LeBron James at first, but no, I, no. no I, to stats me, are your my stats, whole thing and you can make up as many as you want, my, Ricky. My whole thing coming in this and is nothing to do with the stats. It's really? game seven. You, wait, wait. you list
0: off like six of them right there? Just let me fucking talk. <laughs> uh huh. It's game this seven. Really? Now this I is what, do like this. doing the NBA fucking previews. <laughs> like
1: this. It's coming into game seven. Coming back oh. into the Oracle. I think this Warrior team is going to turn it on. Harrison, and they're Barnes, get
2: hot. Is, Harrison Barnes is suddenly going to be able to shoot they're, the ball within the vicinity
1: of a the basket. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel it. is going to show and up. Not gonna, get I'm not saying they're going to blow okay. them out,
0: but it's going to be a close so, Warrior so win. Bogut is out. They be haven't been a close game this whole series, though. Yeah, Bogut's, Bogut won't be... Able Close
1: to, throughout, but then it ends like, uh, what I said in the preview, 11. 10, 11 points.
0: Bogut won't be there to protect the rim. Tristan Thompson is going to have a field day. I, okay, Iguodala's this work... probably hey, not going to be able to, to play They're going right?
1: adjustments. Yeah, okay. It's fucking Who, like... What
0: any, adjustments are they going to make? Who's going to cover LeBron James? Iguodala is the biggest Iggy, thing. He doesn't have a goddamn back anymore. No, for LeBron, LeBron look, James can put up eighty He looked about points.
2: 85 years old out there, and like I was right to get him like a walker. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if he needed it on the court because was they didn't have another answer so they forced the him to play.
1: I even said in our Game that's 6 ridiculous. reaction, I thought it was foolish that whenever they passed it into Iguodala at the elbow, like two okay. Cavaliers would just swarm on this guy. It's like, why are two of you swarming? Right. He's not going to go to the basket.
0: Okay, but, well, but if you can you're force talking about turnover, adjustments, you can make that adjustment. No, but they, they weren't oh, going hey, for like, back, steals to the pass. They
1: them. were just like, okay, I'm going to make sure he doesn't go to the basket. And they kicked it out to an open shooter. It's like... What are you what are you doing? He's not gonna move anywhere. No, the the injuries to Bogut and Iggy are obviously going to hurt the Warriors. So who covers LeBron? For the, I don't think He's never
2: answered that question. Well, there's like not a times. legit answer of one. So guy if you don't stop LeBron, LeBron James, who is out there to prove that he's gonna dad dick the Warriors, I, <laughs> well, you I don't
1: know. <laughs> <here>. you, you <laughs>
2: <did> <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do. I honestly he just dropped 41 in your back to back games. He puts up almost triple doubles. And just absolutely proves he's the best player in the league right now. Outrageous levels over Steph Curry. Steph Curry on the ground, looking up, being like, "Uh, shit, that wasn't a foul. How come I'm not getting fouls?" Oh yeah, that's right, because he's LeBron James. He's better
0: than you. 18 straight points for the Cavs. He contributed James to, to in the Cavs. Yep. 27 straight, either he scored or assisted. LeBron James is a different animal. He turned it on in the second second half. If he does that again in the first half, it's gonna be they're gonna be down 20 going into halftime. And see, here's
1: the huge problem with all this, like uh-huh. you two with the Cavs okay. talk. Is
0: no. I've never
1: said coming out that oh the Warriors are gonna win because like I haven't said are oh they they're going, going to, win? to win because LeBron sucks. I've never said that, and that's what it seems like. Whenever me and no, you but do if you the can't wait, stop, wait 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 wait, whenever fine. me and you do the reactions. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like. I'm not saying LeBron sucks. I'm not saying, not saying he hasn't stepped up. I'm just saying coming into game seven, the Warriors are gonna make adjustments. They are gonna find role players to step. they may We're switch asking you what are They those may switch and are, throw and some other people. Them. Clay may be the one to try to take on LeBron. We just because they have to have somebody to try to take on LeBron. Festa Azili has to step up and take a spot kind of where Bogut would be. They need the role players to step up. And yes, injuries are going to hurt, but I think the Warriors overcome it for a game seven victory on Father. So you're saying a
0: role player will step up and de- uh, somehow stop LeBron James?
1: I'm not saying stop. I'm okay. not saying okay. Okay. A, it's not like oh, okay. here's the drain. I got to stop it. You just got to limit it a little bit. Just knock it off the top. Where maybe instead of 41, he is 32, 35.
0: Okay, I still think thirty-two and thirty-five will still help LeBron win, just because of his ability to make plays, his ability and to play defense. Especially if the Warriors too. come out
1: early and knock down their shots, which the they big- haven't the- done. No, no, no. The biggest thing that fucked the Warriors over that last game, they got into a huge hole, and then by the time they were starting to knock their shots down, they couldn't Knocked get the back- shots down. Well, they couldn't get back into it, and then when they were going to get back into it, Steph Curry gets called with a bitch-ass foul that shouldn't have happened on Kyrie. We know your opinion, Sean. You think it wasn't a foul, and we know That's your bullshit. opinion. Because you no, didn't, okay. obviously fifth, didn't watch the game. I
0: did watch the game, and you know I watched it. the didn't game. Watch the I'm trash game. talking to you. Okay, <laughs> you know I keep t- explaining to you clearly why it was a foul. I keep telling you with the sixth foul that Jordan it wasn't a foul. Jordan wouldn't have got that foul. Kobe wouldn't have got that foul. LeBron wouldn't okay. have got that foul. That's the I, I point. Will, I will Step's post the there. MVP of the league. The unanimous MVP
1: of the league. Shut up, Ricky.
0: So we took a little break and we calmed down here. Ricky's going to let me talk, and I'm going to let Ricky talk, and it's going to be okay. I'm sorry if you're if you were a headphone listener and you had him a little bit too high. Uh, if you do not have hearing, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but we're back. Uh, we're not going to. We're going to try to stay away from fouls here. Uh, we 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 went over the fifth foul. We, we trying to explain uh, our points, and I think we got them uh, hashed out here. Uh, but looking at the Cavs, I think that you know the, the play of LeBron James has just been unmatchable by. Either Steph or Clay. You look at Steph, and yes, he put up twenty five points, but it just kinda seems unmatchable. And you did kind of see that spark of Clay in the third quarter You're trying where to play he did, a hero ball. Yeah, where he did have uh in, in that Thunder game where he came back and basically willed the yeah. Warriors back. If if clay can do that, then he can be able to match LeBron, no doubt. But I mean the thing is is I just I just feel like the Cavs have so much confidence and so much momentum. And I'm not saying the, the Warriors aren't gonna be able to put up a good fight. I think they will be. But I think it's just gonna ultimately come down to who it, who has the better player, and I think it's just going to be that LeBron is easily the best player in the NBA currently, and I think that's going to be the reason they win the finals. I think I think just that LeBron James' play and that LeBron James' mentality is really going to put them over, you know, whether, whether the Warriors make their shot or not, I think LeBron is just going to have an answer every single time.
2: Yeah, and if you go through matchup by matchup, it, it just comes to that question of, okay, we, we've talked about it, Iggy's going to be hurt, his back's not great, so his coverage of LeBron, questionable. Then you go down low, Tristan Thompson is going to be pretty unmatched. And then, the, really, the, the only spot is that guard play. And we saw Kyrie come up a little hobbly. And you got to wonder, is he going to be 100%? He's going to play no matter what, because it's the finals, final game. We all know that. But it's how healthy is Kyrie going to be, because he's really that two guys. So LeBron can put up 41, but Kyrie still needs, to up 20 plus, And then we have to see some effort out of the other guys on this team, whether it's JR, whether we see a resurgence of K-Love. There's a lot of guys who on this Cavs team can step up, And it just comes... We haven't seen K-Love for the last two games really... You know, make his mark, and this could be, you know, the opportunity to save his career in, you know, Cleveland.
0: Yeah, that's something that Ricky did bring up was the Kyrie f- foot injury, is that, you know, that, that might be a huge gameplay. And that's, that's the reason why my X Factor for this this thing is really Richard Jefferson, because we saw what Andre Roberson did to the Warriors cutting back door. I think if Richard Jefferson can apply that energy, that's going to take, you know, people off Kyrie a little bit enough to give him spacing, more spacing, because if the foot injury is really hurting him and really holding him back, I think he will be able to get a little more spacing, get a, be able to get his shots more. I don't know if it's really going to affect his shot. I think it's just more going to affect his mobility. His drive, here. yeah. So I mean, I, I think I think it's 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 going to be an easy, evenly matched game. I don't think this is going to be a blowout again. I think I think we've seen the end of the blowouts because if you look at the whole, if you add up all the points from game game one, two, three, four, five, and six, they're tied six ten to six ten. Both teams scored six ten. The interesting
2: is in, in these games we haven't gone down to that last minute ticky tack foul for foul or foul to try to get you know the possession. And it's it's just been interesting. Do you think we're gonna get to that case in this game? But the the question is because we foul so much now, we've got guys fouling out of games. We have got Draymond, who's literally like half a half a wrong word from being thrown <laughs> out of this series. Consistency. Do you think they're gonna That's go what it for comes it? Comes
1: down to is consistency, especially with the refereeing, because the way I see it is it was oh fuck, what was it? Game four. They let the—or the game before, Draymond got suspended. They just let him go. Yeah, game they game let game. him go. And yep. then the fucking cock punch happened or the cock kick happened. <laughs> well, and I mean, was uh, like the third one. Well, well, done, yeah, you know. and Draymond got suspended. Well, Draymond came back for game six, and the referee said, well, we don't want that to happen again, and they fucking got tight with it, so tight to where it's inconsistent. It's like, well, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to be able to go after, and there can be contact, or are you going to call everything? Make it consistent,
0: I think the best point you made in our game six reaction was the fact that they went from a place where it was you know follows you know they're gonna yeah, let them play and, and then and then to that tightness i th- I think I hundred percent agree with you there. and
1: that's where you get the people that then come out and say oh this this league is rigged I'm no. not saying wait, I'm not saying that's right, but when you have stuff like that happen. That's where the people who have that
2: opinion come out of the woodwork. And call it
0: tight or call it loose, basically. The the problem is
2: consistency. That's the big thing. It's super obvious that the league came down on the refs and talked to them and went, Look, we can't have this happen again. You need to call it tight. Because uh, it's just blatantly obvious to me. And that's why I don't think that the rig thing makes any sense because you can literally hear the NBA whispering in their ear be like, You have to call this shit right. You can't let them go. You can't let players hit each other. And just play so loose like that—it's not the image of the game. It's not how we want to have this series decided by these horrible fouls, whether they're called or not. We need to just call mm-hmm. everything. Just here's, call everything. Here's the follow-up
1: I'm going to have to that though, and I'm okay. not saying I'm not saying that the league is rigged. I'm just talking from the devil's advocate side of it. Is I mean, yes, there are some cases where. You could say, oh, well, the league whispering into... As soon as you say the league whispering into the ref's ears, immediately you can spark the fire for Rigg. Because then it could say, well, why should the NBA have to do that? The referee should know, hey, let's keep control of the game. But this is our, like, we are the controllers of this series. Once you get that, the league whispered into the ears, then you get the people, and that fuels their fire for, well, then it's rigged because well, uh, the NBA is controlling the, the puppet strings. Look, up I, top. I,
2: I was pissed off at the fact that Draymond didn't get, you know, completely ejected during the Thunder series for kicking a man in the dick and then mm-hmm. trying to kick someone in the face and then kicking someone in the shoulder. But guess what? That didn't happen. I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying that they got through that, and guess what? The ref play wasn't consistent there either. So I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying that the NBA had to step in at some point to get this under control because it was obviously just flailing out of control at this point.
0: And one thing, if you're saying it's rigged for the Cavs or you're saying it's rigged for the Warriors because Steph didn't get suspended for throwing his mouthpiece when others did, if you look at it, he's a first time offender this is his first time ever getting ejected mm-hmm. it's his first time really lashing out and also I mean there's been previous th- times before I think Austin Rivers got fined for throwing something into, yeah. the, into the crowd if you look at it it's just because and also if it, it was rigged they want the or if it's it's with ad money because you, they wanted to extend the series if they want ad money and they're suspending one of the most popular players in the NBA by getting suspending Steph Curry for throwing his mouthpiece people aren't going to watch people aren't going to tune in because they think it's either rigged for the Cavs or they think you know just because you know if they're extending the series and why get rid of the, one of the best players?
1: There's only one thing this entire series that I think that the people who say that, oh, this league, league is rigged, there's only one thing that you could say that, and I'll go, okay, you at least have a point. Agree or disagree on it, and that was Draymond Green getting that flagrant that took him out for Game 5, and the only reason I say that is because it took them so long to say, finally, you have the flagrant And then that took him out. That could be fueling, like, that's the one where I say, okay, then the league probably could have said, well, we don't want LeBron to lose 4-1. We at least want it to go 4-2. Let's give him a flagrant, and that's why he's suspended, because of the flagrant, see, yeah. not because of what happened. That's the only thing in this series that I could say, okay, I could see your point, agree or disagree.
0: See, with, with Draymond, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that he got a flagrant. It was that it was 48 hours after the fact. Yeah. I mean, that, that was yeah. the thing with me. It was just like, that's ridiculous. I mean, For, whether, for me, do it, it the was day just after.
2: complete public outcry because of how unfair it was being treated, and the league was pressured into it. That's my opinion of why it took so. It, it was initially, it was a bad foul. Don't get me wrong. Was it a flagrant? Borderline. But because everybody and everybody in the media mm-hmm. was crucifying league for letting Draymond get away with another foul, they, they were pressured into this but call. Know,
1: and you know what I find really funny about that moment? Yeah. There's a guy like Charles Barkley who you, you look at the Steven Adams one and he talks down about Draymond Green. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at the LeBron one and Barkley goes... Oh, no, back in my day, if someone steps over you, it's your right to fucking punch them in the ball. As someone who's That's been stepped over, Charles do. has to say that. Yeah, and I mean, Ty Lu's face, you kind of looked at it. I don't know if he was going like having Vietnam flashbacks <laughs> or if he was like, no, no, I didn't teach you that part. I only taught you the other part. <laughs>
0: yep. See, with, I have a couple of final questions. You, you think Dave thinks the Cavs are going to win. I think the Cavs are going to win. Ricky's on the side of the Warriors. My question is, do you think this will be a loosely called game or a tightly called game by the refs in Game 7? I want Same to th- as six.
2: I want, I want to sit so tight. tight. Um, but at the same time, I think the best series, the best possible viewer outcome would be if they let them play.
1: Game but, four was amazing.
2: But if they let them play, they also expose themselves to a lot of things yeah. that could go wrong. Okay,
1: you could have a little tighter grip at times. Like, game uh, four was maybe yeah. we let them go too loose.
2: Uh, I want to a lot game. of going to come down to the players and how they how they act because look the refs can set the tone mm-hmm. but it's entirely on the players to know their limits.
0: Do you think this th- this game will be tainted by foul calls? Do you think this will it like, could foul calls will be? I hope it's not but taunted, it could. tainted. Do you do you think it will happen though? Because do you think it will be kind of a situation where 50, they call it loose instead 50, of 50-50? I, I don't think
2: it is. I think the I think they'll get this one right.
0: Okay.
1: I hope they get it right. I do not want an NBA Finals where you're completely talking about, oh, well, the referees rigged that game. It didn't, like, the, you know what? you're not a real champion because you didn't. And that's either side, Warriors or Cavs. Uh, the Warriors,
2: win. clearly, if they win it, it's, well, yeah, but they couldn't beat OKC on their own. They had to, you know, get the NBA to back out Draymond well, Green for kicking a man in the dick yeah. and giving him a free yeah. pass.
1: Or if it's, if the Cavaliers win, it's, oh, well, you know what, Game 6 was called this exactly. way, and then. and
2: I think both teams uh, have their claims. I, I just. I hope it comes down to who's the better team mm-hmm.
0: and the refs let them play enough. Do you think it will be a close game? Because we've seen only one game that was somewhat close, and that was the game that was one oh eight ninety seven. I think 100- it's
1: going to be close throughout, but at the end, and because I'm picking the Warrior, I think it's going to be much like Game 4. Close throughout, and then at the end the Warriors go up to win by 10 or 11.
2: I think that it's going to be close because they're going to get into that foul situation where they are just swiping. I know, mm-hmm. the, I know the Warriors are a fantastic foul shooting team, which is the only concern there, but at the same time, if that's the best opportunity to keep you in the game, you got to take every chance you got, but I don't think it's going to get there.
0: I think the, I think the Cavs are going to walk away with it. Final question. No matter what, no matter who wins this game, who is the MVP? Does LeBron it's take LeBron. it? You think so?
2: You, you can't have a performance like he's had in this playoffs without giving it to him. Uh, I think it's a slap in the face if it's not.
0: Steph or
1: Clay would have to score 50
2: to take it away from LeBron. Their inconsistency in this entire series. No, no, no. no.
1: All I'm saying is to take it away from LeBron, that's a performance we would need to
2: see. But but that's one performance over one game versus LeBron's performance over the entire series.
1: That's my take. If they score 50 in this game then they the NBA will give it to them. Otherwise, it's LeBron no matter what. If
0: Draymond wasn't suspended five games and the Warriors won this in seven, do you think this would have been Draymond's award because he wouldn't have had that game where he didn't play? Do you think he would have been seen as the most valuable player because maybe he would have stopped LeBron at some point well, in five or six?
1: I honestly think if Draymond played, the series could have ended in five because Bogut wouldn't have been injured. Igudala wouldn't have been injured. You would have had Green out there. It would have ended in five yeah, and it would have been Draymond's possible. award. One more,
0: one more question if the Cavs win this it, will it be tainted will it be a Cavs win or will it be oh, saying the it'll Warriors be tainted no injured?
1: no matter how the Cavs win it's going to be tainted by people there's no doubt
0: nah if the Cavs win this one LeBron's <laughs> no, just
1: going to walk away you and be that, like
2: I've done it for Cleveland it's
1: going to be Doesn't tainted, tainted everybody
2: no 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 I'm just
1: saying what's going to happen like no, and you Cleveland can think that but uh, Cleveland no, no, is, is going to win I a championship
2: it. for the profession in their professional team for the first time in decades this man will be a god in Cleveland and there's nothing that can taint that. The, literally, the whole city is on your back at that point, and they love you. And there's nothing that will stop that.
1: We live in the social media era, and this is going to be, no matter how the Cavs win, if you they win You can be an it, angry
2: 12-year-old on your computer no, I'm all you just want, saying, but Cleveland to love this man, and no one cares we're if it's going tainted to, or not.
1: We're going to look, well, Cleveland's not going to care. I know there's going to be people outside that hate Cleveland that care, but I think it's going to be tainted if Cleveland wins. Should it be? Depends on how Game Seven goes, but it is will
0: be tainted I if think, Cleveland wins. I think he's just saying he's you just know, super salty. You know, with I Draymond, think, no, I I actually agree know? with him. I agree with him. Really? Just because Warriors, Warrior fans would come out of the woodwork and say, "Well, we were injured. You know, Draymond should have been suspended. This game should have been over They're just going to bring
2: up the Draymond suspension be, in Game Six. That's it. There's going to be people I, who I'll try to let's go team. back to you shouldn't have made it to the series at all because OKC beat you.
0: Yeah, I think I think people will definitely try to change it. Is what I'm, I'm trying to say. I, I see Ricky's point. I, I see your point. I, I think I think that LeBron won't care. LeBron won't give a shit. He won't no. win championship for Cleveland. That, exactly. that would be the main story. But obviously, there will still be people, and maybe my, there will be people in the media who do so say this will be different if Draymond suspend suspended.
1: I'm gonna ask David a question that I asked you in our finals preview, no, only because you it. couldn't give your opinion. Let's say the Warriors win. Yep. But LeBron's the finals MVP. Yeah. That's
2: do that, you there's a good chance. Do that.
1: you think LeBron? So he's not gonna say it publicly, but. Does he go home, and when he lays down in bed next to his wife, goes, smiles and goes, eh, I showed him, I'm the MVP?
2: No, I don't think he has that <laughs> mentality at all. I think he knows he's a better player already. Now, I don't think that any award they give him at this point outside of a championship matters to him. I think that's his sole purpose is to win a championship for Cleveland, for his city, and he already knows he's better than Steph. There's nothing out there that's going to prove that, you know, Whatever people have opinions on, people have opinions on. He's the better player. He knows it. And unless he's getting a championship ring, he doesn't care. Great. I got an MVP final. I really don't care.
0: That is going to wrap up this week's Fast Break. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Ricky, I know we uh, butted heads again, but uh, we'll have one more reaction to do that again.
1: I can't wait for the playoffs to be over.
0: I agree with you. I can't wait for the playoffs to be over. And if LeBron wins this, maybe next week we'll have uh, the LeBron versus MJ discussion to make your blood boil a little bit more.
1: No, the discussion's over I'm no just, matter what happens.
0: Again, just poking the bear. Man. What if he wins six championships, though? LeBron's <laughs> prime is 30-40. to 40. MJ never lost in the championship. That will be Ricky's de- 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 defense there. MJ Any- didn't need seven. <laughs> it, yeah. Anyways, it's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Fast Break. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a long one, a special one for the draft and the finals. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on SoundCloud, hit that like button and repost this to all your friends because you know, you know, mixed in with all those... Dope mixtapes. You're going to find the Fast Break. It's going to give you some sweet relief from those terrible mixtapes. And anyways, that's going to wrap it up. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit that like button. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Then thank you again for 2K. And if you do want to participate in the roast, comment on this video or tweet at us at Most Valuable Pod. You can tweet at us at Pod. You can tweet at me at Chorbo. You can find Ricky on Twitter as well at Ricky Widmer. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. And you can find us on Snapchat at Most Valuable Pod. You can find us on Facebook MVP Sports Network, and you can find our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Most Valuable Podcast. If you donate at least a dollar, you will get our monthly exclusive podcast for Patreon uh, Patreon patrons. Uh, and uh, the one for July is pretty fun. Mike, Brandon, and I did it, and I uh, will tell you that Mike had some pretty good stories to go along with it. But that's going to wrap it up for Ricky and Dave. I am Sean Anderson, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.